Welcome to another Dose Conspiracy, guys. This time, we're talking about mad cunts in the woods, FBI flexing their might on a relatively small and fringe community of, I guess, gun-toting white supremacists as they are on paper. And uh, joining me in the studio today, uh, talking about the, the siege at Ruby Ridge, are the lads from, most recently, the Owl Triangle podcast, uh, but of, of many other places on the internet. We have Owen Hamilton and Dara Carroll. Welcome to the studio, boys. Thank you, Gordo. Thanks, Thanks for having Gordon. us in today. It's great to have you. Yeah, it's um, an absolute pleasure to be finally in the in the, <laughs> the those conspiracy guys towers. Yeah, indeed. TCG Towers has 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 been graced by a lot of uh, different bums on seats in the last little while. Now, for a little bit of history, uh, Owen, you and I know each other. I think Jesus. Nine years, eight years, uh, maybe? I'd say at least, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Same place that uh, Paul Kelly, Paul who, Kelly, who everybody remembers. We, we all worked together at a phone shop. Yeah, well, well worked work, is a very... Work, yeah, is a very strong word. All right. term, yeah. yeah, we threw things at people <laughs> that gave us money sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Dara, you're back from London. That's right. You yeah. went over to London to try and uh, sell red make, lemonade and Tato to yeah, the to English. Make the mark. Yeah. But uh, they weren't having any of it, so I've come back. It's very come expensive. crawling back. It's too expensive. I, 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 don't, I don't appreciate, you know, the... the Oh, you had to come back now, you know, the Liverpool syndrome where the lads, they dress up in all the suits and put the cufflinks and spend two months wages, come back on, have the great time in England. I prefer you to come back with nothing and be honest, because <laughs> it's probably a bit shit for most people. London's hectic, right? It's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a wonderful place, but it's, it's good to be back in Dublin and, uh, you know, it's nice and, nice and chill. Chill nice and is, yeah. the, is the word. Chill, yeah. damp, moist, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit. It's quite warm now as be, well. Begrudging. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, begrudging. Always, always begrudging. Yeah, but at yeah. least it's yeah. not London. And uh, you guys have a podcast, The L Triangle. Yeah. Give us the skinny. So The L Triangle is a new podcast. Uh, it will be hitting your earlobes. Uh, is that the right word? Uh, soon <laughs> enough. <laughs> I can't hear it. Take the, fucking, take the earbuds out of your earlobes. Uh, it's uh, an explore, exploration into the already explored. We take everyday mundane topics and uh, basically three of us, myself, Dara, and a third point to the triangle called Charlie McKenna. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Uh, we each take a topic every single week chosen by random out of a magic hat and we have to two weeks to explore as much as possible about that topic it could be toilet paper it could be posters it could be sellotape it could be sellotape anything anything absolutely anything and uh, will you have weird guests on the show uh hopefully yes we we've because that sounds like something i'd love to go bullshit about we'd love to have you on yeah let's do that yeah totally i want to find out who makes the strings that go in uh tracksuit bottoms could it be the illuminati it could because that is that is that is our roundup so at the end of every single show we we round up with a five minute segment about this topic that we spent the last two weeks researching in depth in three separate forms, does this link to the Illuminati? To be honest, after doing an episode on the Knights Templar, the Illuminati, Freemasons, and then JP Morgan and some of the older like um, esoteric societies, I think that everything I think everything does does links to a, a certain heart. amount of people yeah. coming together to, to you what? You can if you wanted to. Yeah. You can if you wanted to too, I guess, you know. They're turning the frogs. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it just uh, it, it smacks of like the potential for so much deep dive research. Like yeah. it's it's a research 
experiment, I guess, a research project. Totally, yeah. Like you're you're taking something like, you know, glass cleaners and searching so far back to the history of glass cleaners. Yeah. Where did that come up? Who came up with that idea? Cavemen killing small deer found that the, the chamois was able to clean stuff a lot better. So they were able to get their wives to look at themselves in this shiny surface to put on makeup. And it's like, oh, Ugg, like how Mrs. Ugg has coal on her eyes. Mm. Don't like give it, it too much away now, Gordon. Yeah, that's just, this is, I'm just this is prime I'm getting ready for the bullshit. I'm getting ready for the content. It feels like it. And uh, Dara, you also, ha- you were a podcaster a long time. Yeah, well, for a little while back in uh, back in the, the London days, uh, the we had, had, a, had another podcast called The Savage Effect, which sort of just um, explored what it was like to work uh, mainly in the fashion industry. Oh, yeah. Where me and uh, my, my co-host, Andrew, we spent a little time dabbling, which we, and we were the it two most... Like crazy <laughs> place to work. <laughs> it, it was, and we were the two least likely people to have ever ended up working in the, in the fashion world. But then that sort of expanded into media and became a lot more about, you know... The culture of arts, media, you know, and then reviews. We, we kind the of whole cocaine networking type, uh, you know, brunch turning into a uh, three o'clock in the morning, night out kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, but a lot more extreme than, <laughs> than brunch turning into three o'clock in the morning. It was well, a, what do you mean, like sacrificing babies and drinking their blood? Closer, yeah. All right, you know, cool, you, you, nice. You know, it's in seen some seen some things seen some things to make uh, Versace clothes. <laughs> wow, the, the dye work. Uh, the same stuff that they made uh, lampshades out of in the 40s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> hashtag controversial. Uh, yes, but you can still go and get episodes yeah, of The Savage Effect. It's all here. available on Podcast Addict, iTunes, you know, all Stitcher, your, all your, all your, Spotify. Yeah, all your, all your good podcast delivery. Cool. And uh, you're you're continuing that on its own hiatus at the moment. Yeah, well, it's coming back now very soon. We're just, uh, awesome. my, my move, my emigrate, my re-emigrating has put us on a little hiatus. Well, welcome back to Ireland, yeah. man. Thanks very much. Fuck those fucking Londoners. Yeah, fucking, fucking, you fucking it. paddy. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking potato scrumping paddy. <laughs> so like, we're going to put all the links for those, both, both of those shows, the L Triangle podcast and the Savage Effect uh, and website links, social links, all that stuff are going to be in the description below. And uh, for the people that are watching this uh, on video, on YouTube or BitChute or Twitch or any of other video services, uh, it'll be in the description below as well. So before we start, I just want to let you know, we're going to be talking about Ruby Ridge here. Some shit may be wrong. Some shit may be right. Who the fuck knows what's going on? Uh, if we get anything wrong or if you have any corrections out like that you can email us info at thoseconspiracyguys.com or we're on all of the social media so we're on the facebook's and the twitters uh, the instagrams the reddits and then f- basically everything else that you can think of social media wise like snapchat and pinterest and mix and fucking vero the one that is run by the russians that spies on everything like anything that has a social media we're probably on it so hit me up uh with a message or just follow us to see what the crack is uh, we also have the website, which has all of the episodes on it, all the articles supporting it, as many as there are, uh, lots of uh, videos and documentaries. Uh, Doseconspiracyguys.com is the website, so you can hit us up there and have a goo. We also have, uh, I guess, a social community that we maintain on Discord, which is traditionally a gaming, I guess, what would you call it? A gaming community chat room type uh, forum type. Uh, it's very, it's very hard to describe it the way we use it because it was usually used for for game speak inside the games and you're able to chat to people instead of using the in-game talk but uh discord is uh, partnered with patreon 
And it means that we can have all the episodes as different channels. We can have, uh, you know, topic specific channels where people can go in and uh, and chat and share links and, and, you know, have discussions about stuff. And it's a little bit easier, a little bit less toxic than the the, the, the front facing Internet like Facebook and Twitter. So if you go on to uh, Twitter or if you email me uh, for a link into Discord or there's a link on the website as well and get into that community, there's a thousand or so people in there now having a really good time, sharing lots of stuff, real nice community, uh, less toxic than the the front face and internet we also have uh, a couple of different video channels there with youtube acting the cunt and kicking people off uh as as of the time of recording we have uh, got our channel demonetized completely because i guess we were saying the wrong stuff in the wrong way um i've lost a couple of little features but we still do have a youtube channel i'm not banking everything on it because you know it could be taken away from us at any moment as some kind of weird uh you know liberal punishment so we're streaming right now to the Patreon folks on YouTube. If you listen to this on the audio platform, you can go and check out the video version as well. And uh, youtube.com slash those conspiracy guys, you can get, you know, some of the, the, the documentaries, the ones that are allowed to be shared. Uh, you can get all of the episodes in audio format. You can get from mid 2018, you can get all of the podcast episodes on video. So we have the whole of season seven and uh, about 30 true crime episodes up there on video if you want to watch along and see our ugly mugs. Uh, with words coming out of our mouths and we have a couple of other different video hosting platforms so we have it on twitch as well twitch.com slash those conspiracy guys which i'll be doing irl uh, in real life streams from the united states so if you want to subscribe over there and then the one that has all the documentaries and all the good shit like the good shit that youtube kicks you off for bit shoot it's a uh a, a a BitTorrent or a blockchain-based video sharing service. It doesn't have an app as of yet, so you have to watch it in the browser. They are developing some stuff. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes. Vidme got, got killed, uh, which is a bit annoying because that was a really good service. Uh, we're waiting on a BitChute app. So BitChute.com slash those conspiracy guys to get all of your documentaries, all the stuff that I mentioned in all the old episodes, like go and watch this, go and watch that. It got removed from YouTube. It got removed from Vidme. It got closed down. Go to bitshoot.com, subscribe there. You get loads of cool shit. I'm putting up maybe three, four documentaries a week. Um, so hit that up. And we're also on the evergrowingminds.com, which is basically a, a Facebook with no rules. It's the Wild West of social media. Uh, coming back to the time when you can actually be a person on the internet and not be afraid to say some stuff. And I'm not saying like, you know, white supremacy. We're talking about Ruby Ridge. But there are some you know, questionable content creators on minds but it is very much a uh, uh, free speech and uh, open discussion based social media so hit up minds.com uh, we also have to say thanks to the people at patreon who are making all this happen keeping the lights on patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys for all your exclusive videos behind the scenes stuff uh, outtakes and secret bits and bobs you get access to uh, exclusive discord channels where only patreon people can see stuff you get access to live streams and you will get early access to the tcg tv uh, vlogs and the documentaries eventually when they are created uh, tcg tv is the new project where claire and i are going to america for nine months to make documentaries to make daily vlogs i know it's casing ice that level shit i don't know if i can do it uh but i'm going to give it a fucking good try gofundme.com slash tcg tv if you want to roll up a fiver and throw it up the internet to help me do this thing it's the next level for the show uh it's a big swing it's a big media project i really hope that i can get it done with your help it will be a lot easier uh, i'm looking for five bucks it's like a beer it's like buying me a coffee an expensive coffee uh, i'm getting a lot of offers like hey buy a beer sometime i don't drink i prefer the money and that's rude to say in a bar <laughs> but not on the internet when I you're getting <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey do you want a drink no i prefer a fiver <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, I'm just going to go to the crisps machine. Um, but like, I, I want to be able to create stuff. This is not just like pay me money for doing the stuff I'm already doing. So what we're doing is <laughs> over July, August, September and October, I'm recording over 40 shows, including like 26 true crime episodes, uh, which are two hours each. And in 14, seven, eight hour long uh, big episodes that will be released as we're on the road. I got a few questions about that. It's 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 in order to make more stuff. So I'm making these documentaries while I've made a whole lot of episodes for you to listen. So the usual thing is still there. This is going forward to help make more stuff. Do you know what I mean? So it's it, you're, you're you're paying in advance for something that you haven't got yet. Uh, you can also get like we're going to be making vlogs on the on the road every day, so you can get access to all of that stuff as well. So GoFundMe.com/tcgtv. Help a brother out. Make it happen. I'm not going to stay in your house. Don't don't, don't be offering me to stay in your house. I you know I I could totally say yes, and then I'd be asleep in the spare room, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and I have someone's dick on my lips. Like that's not gonna <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Or your own. Or my own. Uh, somebody's lips on my dick that could happen either i'm like hey wait till i wake up for fuck's sake till i enjoy it um so w- what we're going to do is stay private uh you know meet some people have some meetups do some live shows do as much as we can but if you want to help don't offer to buy me a beer don't offer to buy me a meal or stay in your house just get some money send it i'll give you back a bunch of documentaries and a bunch of live vlogs it's going to be great gofundme.com slash tcgtv hit it up and thanks very much for everybody that's already supported we're nearly at 30,000 euros if you can imagine it's amazing as a crowd as a as a, a fella who usually spends a lot of time in this room in his underpants editing shows about aliens and illuminati and stuff like that it's a it's a fair achievement it's nice so we're going to make it happen so we're going to talk about ruby ridge lads with all that out of the way before we started to research it mm-hmm. what did you know about ruby ridge what was the what was the skinny well to be honest i didn't know too much about Ruby Ridge. Uh, I, I obviously knew about Waco and I, I knew about the, the Oklahoma City bombings and Columbine. Dara. This is like the first album. Yeah. 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 This yeah. is the the, 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 EP. the, in, the yeah. intro to the ATF. You yeah, know? Yeah. Welcome to the world of the ATF where we'll protect you from firearms, <laughs> tobacco and uh, alcohol while they're shooting you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they weren't... Um, we shoot you to death to protect you from yourself. Yeah. It's like the rules of using guns are uh, for us to decide on the Yeah. Day. They were... Uh, they're an interesting bunch, the, um, the the Weavers. They were fairly chill until the ATF decided they weren't. And did you hear about them before? Like, I, I knew about Waco because of Bill Hicks. And that was in, like, mid to late 90s. I got into I was, him. I was a stand-up fan. I was watching videos of him on, like, Daily Motion. If you remember that back in mm. the daisy days. Um, where he's standing in front of, you know, the Branch Davidian compound and making jokes and shit. Like, Vernon! I'm, um, I'm, I'm here in the Branch Davidian, uh, 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 Seven Sisters, uh, Seventh Day Adventist, yeah, Seventh Day Adventist, yeah. uh, Yahweh Division. <laughs> <laughs> He's making jokes with that shit. I'm like, Waco, what's going on? I remember downloading like um, documentaries about Mount Carmel and stuff like that. Like Ruby Ridge seems to have gone under the radar. Mm. Like, had, like Owen hadn't heard. Of, like, had you heard a little I, bit? I had heard some uh, bits of pieces about yeah. it. Yeah, especially after the Charleston thing, I became more aware of it, and also. I had a weird obsession with the ATF since my childhood. No thanks to Beavis and Butthead do America. With <laughs> <Yes. laughs> alcohol, tobacco and firearms. It's like, it's stuck in my mind. They, so they, are most, they must be the last. After the DEA are probably the, the, the federal organization that has the best crack. Oh, like yeah. they go into, into work going like, who am I going to shoot today? I don't know, but yeah. someone. <laughs> Anybody. Like, yeah. Let's just kill him. It seems but like free um, reign. I I was aware of it. I followed up on it a little bit, um, and then as I got into it doing this, it was sort of exposed the uh, mm. 
the insanity of the whole whole thing. Insanity is the word. Yeah. Wacko. Yeah. yeah. Wacko, wacko. wacko. It, it's, it's a weird thing that um, such a small incident can have such wide-reaching implications. And this was maybe like a match to the tinderbox of, as is reported on the internet, I guess, mm. match to the tinderbox of militant white supremacy. Um, you said that you heard about it when the Charlottesville thing kicked off. Uh, for those, for the uninitiated, this is when a bunch of white lads chanted blood and soil through Charlottesville. Uh, we'll talk about it at the end in a bit more detail. But like, basically, they went up against um, a bunch of people who were like, hey, stop being racist. And they were like, no, um, we like it. Yeah. We like this weird haircut. Richard Spencer. Like it was it was real. uh kind of fuck you and and the color of your skin kind of a situation in Charlottesville and it ended in a death like somebody rammed somebody in a car and it was you know uh, that's a fucking whole total conspiracy in itself we could Mm. go off on that but uh, and you can you can watch I have a video from a live chat of the time like it was like super hot take and uh, the the next day we ended up doing a live take with a bunch of people um, a live chat on appear.in which we do monthly for the Patreon folks talking about the current uh kind of political situation hmm. and some of the stuff some of the news reports that were coming out like there's a dude driving that car it wasn't the dude at all it was like some special forces guy hmm. who drove the, the dodge charger into the the crowd of people that were protesting on a parallel street to the it was just also very very strange wow, okay that girl didn't die of the impact she died of a heart attack it wasn't she wow. didn't die from being hit by the car and people were saying like maybe she was given something uh, in the ambulance afterwards to induce a heart attack so they definitely got a death out of it and yeah it felt all very you know Probably disrespectful to the deceased, but like, you know, the question. false flag is false flag. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you said you heard about yeah. Ruby Ridge at Charlottesville. Those two things have kind of maybe a false equivalency. They were conflated. They were conflated, but there were, there's, there's big differences. The other thing that sort of was very, very standout for um, Ruby Ridge was the early 90s and the start of use of surveillance in a way that had never really been done before which yeah. was really frightening for me which is like holy crap we take for granted so much of what was beginning there you know yeah. 24 hour surveillance like just watching cameras, these people it, like surrounding the house 24 hour surveillance of the family yeah. it, se- it seemed like something from the future and we were only a couple of years out from the movie being released in 1984 in 1984 and people yeah. were like that'll never happen and then lo and behold fucking Ruby Ridge but there was the 90s into the 2000s was, now that we can look back on it uh, in retrospect, probably a, a slow wilting of the petals of the flower of independence and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. free motion, free will. Um, like, you know, in uh, Beauty and the Beast, where they have the, <laughs> the, much, the yeah. flower and it, every year, like the petals mm-hmm. fall. And it's like, I have to shift that monkey, oh, you know, or else he's going to be a, a monkey forever. And that, yeah, so this time. ATF make that shooting all the kids. You know, it's just one of those weird strippings of liberty. And it's this liberty that people keep talking about. When you talk about Ruby Ridge, it's like, you know, Charlottesville is like, don't take away my ability to speak in public about the things that I believe in, even if they're awful things. Like, Mm. in no way do I support the actions of the quite evident neo-Nazis who came out uh, with their Nazi flags and their sickles and all of this blood and soil and brown shirts at Charlottesville, but there's other people that are protesting in in Berkeley and you know Portland and other places around that are just like, I love America, I'm a patriot, I love Trump, I love my president, and then a bunch of people in black masks fuck 
like stones and hit them with sticks and but the way it, it seems those things are conflated they to, are to, conflated, to, to yeah. drag up ruby ridge when shannisville is mentioned in the, in the modern news mm. is a little bit like is that fair yeah. well I, I mean it's 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 ruby ridge went, they went the same sort of people but they went out there with their own ideas their crazy ideas and it was this sort of an experiment in the federal government in america of what they could and couldn't do and how yeah. they could push people and where it sort of ended up and how it got there and that's and where charlottesville sort of because media charlottesville was so very much like under focus there was lots of ca- like so many independent media productions on gr- on the yeah. ground filament phones even like cameras in the 90s there was none of that shit it was like whatever you got from the news and this yeah. is like 92 never mind like the 90s had a lot of these big landmarks you had ruby ridge waco oklahoma bombing columbine 9-11 like all of those things in and of themselves had such a massive implication on personal security and governmental and federal control in America and the world. Like Columbine changed how people get on and off planes. Mm. Do you know? 9-11. Going into schools. Changed every, like it changes, each of these events have changed society irrevocably. But it's it's funny how um, the, I suppose the Republicans, like the, the Trump supporters are using, are bringing up Ruby Ridge when we'll get into it i'm sure but mm. the terms of of uh how to attack sorry what it, the rules of engagement. Rules of engagement when they were changed when they were uh, agreed by washington it was actually george bush a republican that was actually in office that signed off on those new uh, terms of uh rules of engagement yeah so it's actually quite ironic but but those rules of engagement are evolving and changing at all times yeah and, and they're on a, a federal and a state level they may differ in certain uh, jurisdictions where you know if a federal agency can behave in one way mm-hmm. and then a state agency like the the portland police can behave in one way but if it escalates a little bit further it's like okay national guard okay dea atf fbi but it's nice to be able to change those rules of engagement years after the fact yeah of course i mean if you can't change the rules of engagement you wouldn't get those tom cruise jack nicholson type situations where you have you know a young man trying to make an old man uh, uh, atone for his his bad behavior he's like you don't get it those kids had rolled up cardboard tubes with american flags on them <laughs> you weren't there man you don't know what we're in those yeah. flags <laughs> yeah you can't handle the flammable the yeah. flammable flags <laughs> yeah that, that's the rules you can't bring you can't bring flags on the pole it has to be a cardboard tube so that the police are, can douse you in water and then all your weapons just like wilt. You can't hit people with, like imagine, I'm going to get you, bonk. You're like, oh, <laughs> really? shit. It's like, a, it's like a fight on Christmas morning with yeah. the wrapping paper. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a riot turns into. Yeah, yeah. you're not allowed to have like- I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that's, that. that's the rules. You can't turn up to a, to a protest or, or, or a riot as they end up turning into uh, with like a wooden flagpole. It has to be like cardboard flagpole. And then the police can go like, okay, water on everybody. Well, it's funny how the, the those guys that showed up in Charlottesville with the the tiki torches that are completely made out of bamboo. Yeah, but bamboo is not part of the the wood thing. Ah. Yeah, and the company went mad about the tiki yeah, torches. Yeah, like yeah. we're not racist. We're not affiliated with these guys at all. Yeah, imagine like how how distancing that will be. Uh, as well, the rules of engagement on the other side, what people are allowed to have mm-hmm. as they go into these situations, like open carry, you know, a, a military grade armor. Uh, there's lots of, like we have a, a huge uh, military contingent of of fans from those conspiracy guys that listen in and i know there's some people out there in the army or, or uh, any other you know armed forces that know the crack with what state you can have open carry in and oregon is supposed to be like you know the craziest white people there are uh but like the likes of idaho iowa 
uh, North and South Dakota, Montana, Oregon. Like, it seems to be that's the place where white folks go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they get very, very white and yeah. try to stay as white as possible. And these types of, you know, I, I'm carrying a gun, don't fuck with me. Um, what are they called? Uh, uh, castle, the castle law, where it's basically like if anyone is coming to you trying to fuck with your shit, be it your car, your house, you know, your your place of work, anybody comes in, you have the right to be like, oh yeah, you're trying to you're trying to do harm. Okay, bang, mm. fucking touched. Stand your ground Stand laws your ground, in, yeah. is in Florida and some of the southern states where it's like. If somebody pulls a gun or a knife on you, that you stand your ground, you hold it, and you say, like, don't fucking move, man, or you're dead. And you give them a warning. And if they don't, you know, you're like, bang. Yeah. And if you were able to follow those rules, particularly, you don't get done for murder or manslaughter or involuntary manslaughter or any of these other things. Because there are laws and rules set out, like you said, rules of engagement for people like that. Same with the police. Police are fucking shooting black lads by the dozen. And threatened. If you're, they're following, if you're, because they're following those steps. It's like, yeah. I warned him, warned him again. I, I, I warned Even him. Even though he's running away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I warned him. And then he started running. I was like, stop running. And I warned him when he was running away from me. And then I just shot him twice in the back. Yeah. You see how scared he was? You yeah. should have seen how scared I was. Yeah. 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 We were I so scared of each other. I was so scared. <laughs> yeah. But it just, it just, uh, like Ruby Ridge was like this, this match to the tinderbox. It's said to be inspiration for other stuff. It, it does go under the radar though. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's not going to be a big episode. This is just like a true crime, ironically pointed towards the federal government as the criminals. Um, but like, it seems to be underappreciated and held up as as a a stick to bait white supremacists or people who yeah. are, or just people that like to step off the grid a little anti-government. bit. Anti government, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. mm. uh, but it, like, obviously, there, there's there's two sides to the story. There's many different sides to the story, but you do see uh, the media's portrayal of it is that oh, he started leaning towards this type of group. Yeah, it's like okay, we're going to try and get in with this. We try, we need to get after the Aryan Aryan nations. You can see what they were trying to do, but it just they made an apps as uh, Bo Ritz said, "You fucked that up." Yeah, it's it's like it's so hard to try and defend the actions mm. of the people of the weavers in Ruby Ridge without going. Yeah, you know, white supremacy is not that bad. It's not, you know, it's not that bad. But they did claim from the get-go that they weren't yeah. white supremacists. Yeah. They were just... They were just hanging out with white supremacists, going out. to white supremacists' yeah. rallies. Checking know. it out. Yeah, check it. Like, let's tone the water. Yeah, okay, too many, too well, many, they, too many racisms. You know, you don't mm. want to take them on their word because they, they could be a little crazy. But yeah. they, they were saying that they were getting stick. They were getting a lot of stick from the local people for their beliefs. You know, maybe going out and threatening local government, threatening the president, firing off mm. your gun in the middle of the night, just sort of winds people up a little bit. Yeah, but Making it's also, enemies. it's not going on an 18, 18 to 30s you know, trip to Magaluf and then halfway through you're like, this is a bit crazy for me, I'm out. And then you just like get a plane home or get a different hotel. This is like, oh yeah, I've been to like, you know, a few dozen a few. Yeah. Nazi rallies where people are like, sick Kyle, sick Kyle, uh, fuck black people. And like, if you see anybody who's not white, let's kick the shit out of the meetings. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference where you're like, you go to one and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, no, this is pretty sketchy. Yeah. And you're like, going to like a few dozen to try and make up your mind. You're like, Maybe the theme will be different next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had like, uh, there was the people from the village or from the town nearby that uh, on report saying that Randy Weaver wasn't in town, like spouting all this uh, white supremacist stuff. He wasn't. Not that he was. That he was. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so, yeah. 
So it's, it's, it's not, as you said, it's not just a once off little trip to like a family trip down to a lake. Yeah. It might be a retcon of, of their intention. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a weird one to pull apart, but at the end of the day, like, like overarching this entire uh, commentary on the situation, racism, bad, white supremacy, bad, being like shooting people and all for no reason, really bad. Mm -hmm. And oligarchical federal government control without any recourse or repercussions bad and then having a firefight and shooting people and like killing kids and and also killing federal agents in general bad like that's just so we know where we're starting from from. yeah just Mm -hmm. so we know where we're starting from because people are all like those motherfuckers (laughs) defending this motherfucker like it's just yeah we're not yeah (laughs) just to clear that yet (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> wait till you hear the facts yeah yeah no it's just I've it's got just, my tiki torch right here <laughs> <laughs> nobody deserves nobody deserves to, to, for your kids to get shot even if you're a white supremacist and a lot of people would argue that point that they're like no kill white supremacists and you're like really yeah kid? like there's like there's the, the idea of, of the paradox of tolerance like you, can you tolerate the intolerant yeah but that doesn't mean like closing closing the door and uh, stopping a conversation with someone who's intolerant is not the same as shooting someone that is intolerant. To be honest, I think keeping the conversation open absolutely with people who are intolerant is the only way to combat intolerance. Ignoring it makes it, I guess, solidify like old custard. Alternatively, you, know? you could hide in the bush outside their house and you shoot could. them in the night. Shoot their dog when they're running away from you. <laughs> Like, a custard when it's made, delish. You eat it, mmm, lovely. But if you leave that shit alone for a while, it's not just going to disappear. It's going to harden. It's going to stick to the side of the bowl. It's going to be real hard to get off that bowl in later on if you just totally ignore it. But if you straight away go, oh yeah, come here, we didn't eat all the custard. Let's, like, wash out the bowl a little bit. Let's give it a little wipe. Let's give it some attention, some tend ten to it a little bit. And then you end up with just like a little couple of flecks on the bowl. And then the next time you wash the bowl, those flecks come off. And the next time, and it's just like a, a maintenance of, of a thing that you were perpetually ignoring. Do you know, like you can't close off your head to it and banish them from public view. Take them off Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Like you can't just do that and expect it to go away. Because those belief systems and those people still exist. They're still alive. And the next step is the final solution to the white supremacist problem, which is extermination. If that's the way you want to go and you want to get rid of that message, you have to exterminate those people because taking away their voice is not going to be the, the end result. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, there is a fine line, though, where it comes to, in, uh, to getting people to, to, to basically fight, insinuating violence, getting people to actually rise up and, and strike out violence on other groups of people. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a different story altogether if you're expressing your views about how the way that humanity should be yeah uh, separate uh, separate uh, separation fine talk about that all that you want but you're insinuating violence then inciting violence then no that that should be deep i think that that's the point where you have to say hang on a second but that's on any side i don't think antifa should be allowed to incite violence on no. the streets and protest in mm. the in the guise of righteousness against people who are walking around with american flags absolutely and then you have anti lads going like you know uh, uh no trump no wall no usa at all and they're all marxist and they all want to destroy the federal government and they want to destroy like 
that's cool too. Let's talk about it. Let's see where the stuff lies. But it's the people that don't have the convict, the courage of their convictions that won't stand and talk. And I watch video upon video and it's probably skewed. No, uh, it's definitely skewed for the people that are creating those videos to pick the most gobshite and the most like uh, uneducated and 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 uh, uh, unerudite members of this oppositional mm. community to go like, like fucking just do chanting or like la 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 at these rallies and they just chant and chant and chant and that's the thing and they believe what they believe and they're they're totally uh, uh, insurmountable in their in their staunch beliefs mm. and you're like let's have a conversation because there's stuff that you have wrong and there's stuff that those other lads have wrong but if you're so convinced in your righteousness that you're not even willing to partake in a conversation with the other side you've already lost because they're still going to exist whether you like it or not yeah the only solution is extermination with those terms so unless there's a bunch of antifa people that are willing to take up arms and kill the people who don't believe in the thing they believe in both of those things have to exist in the world mm. And at that point, you can understand why people are afraid when they look at stuff like Alex Jones's stuff, that which has been yeah. only recently removed from all platforms on the internet, scrubbed, because he started talking about civil war. And it's coming to a point where, and we're releasing this sometime in the future, so some shit might have gone down yeah. in the meantime. Don't... Uh, <laughs> After the war. Don't, yeah, don't presume my, my ignorance, you know. Before the event, <laughs> here's a thing called a podcast that used to be I remember back before the war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because the next war lasts a couple of weeks, let's say. But, like, these guys are going out at pitched battles in the street. And I know it's only a couple of hundred people. And it's not representative of the entire American community. And it's not, you know, a, like a full broad spectrum. That's why I'm going to America to try and see is this stuff actually happening for reals on a bigger scale. Or is it just like a bunch of dickheads having LARPing fucking, like, opposing politics in the street. And then you have a bunch of, like very clever media producers who were just filming a bunch of people fighting like this is like political bum fights and they're just yeah. putting it up on these youtube channels and then i'm watching it going is that what's really happening i'm in ireland i don't know everything is just kind of wet and green here and there's nobody here with american flags at all it just seems like is that the narrative that we're being fed mm. but if you've got people out in the street fighting and it doesn't make up a proportional sort of representation of the population then why take an, a singular individual to make them the face of yeah fascism when you know there's the aryan brotherhood there's the aryan nation there's the, the do exist there are organizations that do exist why yeah. aren't you pursuing them rather than surround 400 you know agents attacking one dude in a fucking one dude cabin and his, and his missus and their kids yeah because i think how, be, how do they become the voice in the face of how can they have people from that organization run for office yeah. You know, how can they have mm. people in politics? Like, why are they not at that lad's house surrounding him with guns who, who's espousing those type of political views? Why are they not stopping the actual people rather than some people who were caught up in some patriotic shit? Like It was a dog after a bone, basically. They, they had a weak link. They found a weak link. They, they, want, they pursued that. They he bought was, a load of military-grade weapons and stuff, and they were like, oh, let's try these out. And our he, bullets and are going off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to fire these off before they expire. <laughs> You know, it just seemed it just seemed like that whole narrative, and we we tie up that stuff at the end a little bit. But it just seems that whole narrative of of conflating Ruby Ridge and and Waco and this kind of stuff with what's happening now, the militia communities, which we will be visiting on the TCG TV uh, documentary road trip. It, it, it's like going to visit these people in these militias and go, "How do you live your life? Like you're off the grid. You're you know you're mad for the guns, and uh, you, you're just living your life self sustaining." 
like you can see how attractive it will be in a time like this for people to just go ah fuck it I'm just gonna Ted Kaczynski this shit like and live in a fucking yeah, cabin in the woods or Randy Weaver yeah or Randy Weaver that shit cause like we were just this is the same time as Kaczynski this is all yeah. this all this stuff was like seceding from society let's just retreat to the woods and and live a, a, a simple life and keep my guns by my side second amendment shit yeah, yeah. oh my god yeah We'll talk about that more later, I guess. It's in the it's in the, the cultural Marxism episode as well. There's more conversations on that, but it's um it feels strange to be white right now, right? Yeah. 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 A little bit of guilt. Just like a little sprinkle just that butter and oil and a little sprinkle of guilt. <laughs> oh god, I'm I'm bucketing guilt right now. <laughs> <laughs> little guilt flops away. Well, the, the the event itself, um, the siege at Ruby Ridge. Uh, happened in Idaho in 1992, and there was an 11 day siege involving the family of Randy Weaver and members of his immediate family. Uh, and the the full might of the U.S. Marshal Service and the FBI came down on this small cabin uh, in in Idaho, which resulted in many deaths on both sides, and is one of the biggest domestic military actions in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. And you think people talk about like Agenda Twenty One, or they talk about uh, what was that thing that was going on uh, in the Southern states? Uh, there was like a code name for it. Fuck, I can't remember now where they were doing military actions and, and they had like a bunch of these like cardboard coffins and people thought like, oh, they're going to exterminate all the black people. Like it was like a, a thing, you know, uh, some guy was running for presidential office and he's like, check it out. We've got concentration camps over here. So uh, if you vote for me, we'll just get rid of all those darkies out of your back garden. Jesus. Christ. Like it got weird. <laughs> it got weird. Um, so this this whole like domestic action against the American people has always been looked looked upon as unfavorable. Mm. FBI flexing their might, using military grade weapons, tanks, like you know, yeah. proper shit. Full, full squadrons, armies yeah. and tanks and snipers and using the Panzer Strike, like pincer movement shit, like on basically armed civilians. They're not they're not you know, we, we watch Waco and we see the videos of these like even the voice of Bill Hicks rings around my head like the Sherman tanks with the flames flying out of the front of it like and then they say oh yeah they set those fires themselves we're going to do a big episode on Waco by the way uh, and on the Oklahoma City bombing Um, but like with Ruby Ridge it was just a a bunch of people in the house it was like a small family and uh, they were considered by the authorities as white supremacists Uh, they were (laughs) considered right wing gun toting fundamentalists and there was definitely like this uh, Christian white right, like they were the trifecta of yeah undesirable mm. uh, uh, ideologies. And they were doomsday preppers that were ready for the end of the world, and they didn't yeah. like the government, and they were convinced that the government, like Randy, wanted the government gone, and his wife wanted the planet gone. So they yeah. found the most remote place that they could possibly find yeah. uh, on whatever money that they were able to to have. The the, the plot that that they got, well, I think it was originally a quarry or something like yeah. that. Uh, there was it wasn't even a proper road up to up to us. They literally wanted to get as far away it, from civilization as they possibly could. Lashed up a cabin, had a generator. Where you go, like, and the little shed, little shed. God fuck. But they spent the shed of nightmares. <laughs> four years selling <laughs> all their possessions the to, yeah. to get up there, just so that they could homeschool their kids. Because in Iowa, they couldn't homeschool their their eldest kids, so they moved to Idaho to have that option. And that's when things. But that's to get that's like, like the, the freedom of being able to educate your own children in your own home wasn't afforded to them in Iowa. No, like that's a weird thing mm. that you can't like keep your kids at home because they're probably afraid that you'll indoctrinate them into some weird. Well, yeah, with state school was the thing that flipped for them. They hated yeah. the idea of it, so they got them straight out of there. 
imagine though like you couldn't even like there's people at home that, that teach their kids like Christian science yeah like that actually the stuff in the bible is actually science yeah the Doris Day that shit that that seems bananas to me mm-hmm. yeah that the, the kids would be like oh cause you tell a child like that's the thing and they're like oh, okay they're not gonna doubt you no do you know well, if they're they're growing growing minds, if that's if, you know if their parents are telling you one thing, yeah, kids are fucking dumb anyway, man. Like if they believe that SpongeBob can light a match underwater, you're like, come on, man, that's simple shit. Like that's physics, bro. Well, a squirrel needs to have a helmet under underneath as well. Yeah, or a, a starfish has a face. <laughs> they don't have a face, but they have an inside-out stomach. Teach them that shit. So the federal government basically had a warrant out for the patriarch of the Weaver family, Randy, and uh, they were alleging that this family are a heavily armed militia <laughs> that were part of some maybe questionably uh, uh, questionable ideology organizations, and that they were they had a healthy disdain for the authorities, for government, for you know, authoritarian rule. And they were just like, no, I want to live off the grid. I don't want nothing to do with you. I just want to live on the land. I'm American. And uh, Randy was a perceived threat to law enforcement officers. And uh, it made the FBI cagey about approaching the house when the shit started to go down. We'll tell you why in a sec. But the Weavers were apparently attending uh, meetings at the Aryan Nations, uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, we we all know Aryan Nations. I mean, they're they're basically... uh, well, a modern day Nazi white supremacist. Once a year, he'd go down to their uh, their their big old get together. Yeah, yeah. family family yeah, barbecue. Bar- barbecue. Like, yeah, see what was going on. Like, I don't know how they talk in Idaho. I don't know what the accent is. I presume it's just like flat American. We'll just go with what we can. Just must, white what American. we can muster. But I'll always go like, "Yo, ground down to barbecue," and he's like, "They don't sound like that in Idaho, bro." So it's just like normal, yeah, flat American. Just your typical American accent. Yeah, yeah, stage American. Um. So yeah, he'd, he'd hang around with these white supremacists yeah. and I've seen some of the videos. I watched a lot of documentaries about this. Uh, I didn't see the film, but I guess it was Are pretty you talking much... about the Randy Quaid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More, he's Blockbuster. Like, yeah, it's more of the same, I guess. It's, yeah. it's just like white supremacy 101. Yeah. Um, like it, like in, Zick Hiles and we got to get rid of all yeah. of these people. And There, there, there is footage of uh, Randy Weaver in uh, these churches, uh, the, the church that they've set up in, in Aryan Nations actually going up and receiving bread or whatever it is in the actual church now obviously that's just a white bread white White bread bread. bread. yeah you know that granary shite yeah yeah Uh, get your grains (laughs) get your grains out of our brains yeah (laughs) uh and there's uh photos of him outside staring at a a burning cross doing a z kyle yeah kind of incriminating very incriminating yeah. yeah we have an episode up on the kkk and it was well at this stage and uh you can go into First, second, and third iterations of that organization. Um, there's also a movie out now called Black Klansman. Yeah, that looks um, directed by Spike Lee. And like these kind of topics need to be understood in order to properly synthesize, analyze, and judge the current climate. Mm-hmm. Throwing out racist, throwing out white supremacists as a term now is dangerous. It's caustic. It can be career ending. Like if you you guys are in your jobs and 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 you know you fell out with someone who who was of a different ethnicity and you're just like that lad's a cunt can he be a cunt just because he's a cunt it's not because you know that lad's a fucking black cunt like that mm. makes it a completely different situation do you know what I mean yeah um people are getting fired for that you're looking back over tweets and people are making like questionable yeah. jokes 
from two, three years ago, it was a different time. Uh, like two, three, two, three years ago, making a joke about, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. and that's being dragged up again now when you're gone. Mm-hmm. So like this, this, uh, Aryan nations, this is like an unquestionable hatred, hatred, group. hate orgs. Like yeah. This is not, yeah. this is not the modern version of like, you're a Nazi. It's why, like, why is that? Cause you don't agree with me. It's like, mm. no, it's the no. swastika tattooed on it's your forehead. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's the equivalent of, you know, mitching a day off work and being uh, tagged at a, uh, you know, a drinks, which are you like, ah, oh, wish you didn't tag me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> taking a week off work to go to Aryan like, Nations, Nations <laughs> barbecue week and hang out and, like skin some pigs and you hey, know, Richard punch Butler, a bladder, please but... don't take any photographs. No, thanks. <laughs> it just it's just so incriminating. I think when you're trying to defend a conspiracy guy, will look at what happened to Randy Weaver and his family and go, "That's the fucking government's fault." But also, he had a lot to do. Kind of putting in for it. Kind of putting in for it a little bit. As you say, he did. He did. TBF denied the ideologies. He was just looking for somewhere that people would listen to his his ramblings, and he thought that yeah. Aryan Brotherhood would be a nice, like a nice jo- kicking off point. I think he was just trying to work some stuff out. Yeah, he's just like, trying to work some stuff out. He hadn't got a lot of black friends. He hadn't really, you know, he's not watching fucking Richard Pryor, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, stand up specials. He's not into that stuff. He can't really say, uh, yeah, f- you know, fuck that guy a hundred percent. It's so it's so on the knife edge of like trying to defend. I feel like I keep keep trying to defend him here. Yeah, but he that that's the point. Is like he was there because of his supposed other reasons, and that's where he made his friends, and that's friends. That's where he met people who would later become sort of bigger parts in the story. You know, when he met Gus Massenego and you know Kevin. Not gonna be only Kevin. It was uh, Kud. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, um, Kevin Harris who was who was oh, yeah, in the yeah. in the compound at the, the time. The, the shit went down, as he called uh, Randy himself calls him his son, his, uh, his other son, his other he son, called yeah. him his other son. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, like from from Aryan nations, the way that the the weavers were perceived uh, was of uh, lawless individuals, social separatists who were exercising their Second Amendment rights, and it's kind of still that image perpetrated in the media today. Uh, especially when, like what Dara said, we talk about stuff like Charlottesville, Ruby Ridge gets dragged back up as, you know, the EP of the white supremacist movement. Like this is like the first militia, you know, white guys in a cabin with guns, fuck off everyone type situations. Yeah. Ruby Ridge seems to be the, 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 the tinderbox, the, the, the match to the tinderbox of this type of um, lifestyle. Uh, these people are living on the fringes of society. They're, I guess purported to be a danger to right-thinking individuals because their ideology might leak into the rest of white people's heads and yeah. start poisoning them. Uh, but their paranoia was well-founded because their community was being infiltrated by federal agents. Uh, they were afraid and very suspicious of the feds, and rightly so, because mm-hmm. like the feds were all over that shit going like, what the fuck are these lads doing? This is not good infiltrating their communities, going undercover. And like you said, we talked about um, uh, uh, Federer, who was was an FBI agent, and he ended up infiltrating under a pseudonym to to, to try and get uh, guns sold to him so they can incriminate him for something. Uh, But even with the man on the inside, even with an FBI agent in there, they still couldn't get to what they needed to get to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they plucked off a a weak link. Exactly. And Randy ended up being that guy. Yeah. You know, you have to think Randy was trying to do anything he could to make a bit of money up on the <laughs> yeah. up in the cabin. And you think, well, you know, if you're going to sell guns, 
let them saw them off themselves. Yeah. You know? I'll tell you the gun, but I watch you saw it off. Yeah. But like, by all accounts, he sold the sawed off shotguns and that was to, that was where the initial claim came from. That was was where he got, he got in trouble first. Yeah, sure. So yeah, well, let's get into it and let's talk about Randy himself because the the kind of, the whole thing focuses around, uh, around Wandy and Wandy's, uh, (laughs) fuck it. I knew I'd do it. Wandy Weaver. Oh, Wandy Weaver uh, lived on a mountain. Uh, So Wandy was, uh, was, kind of the focus of this i guess attack Uh, attack maybe siege siege yeah it was probably but i don't know uh it definitely was an attack on on the family but randy's ideology was the crux of this whole situation he was feeding his children with this kind of information yeah his wife vicky who we'll talk about in a second she like they were very much uh, you know a match made in heaven uh, for for this type of um environment Uh, so dara tell us a little bit more about randy well, the Weaver family were well observed by the FBI and other agencies like the ATF and the USMS. Uh, their phones were tapped, and even at one point, there was a system's cameras monitoring their movements to see if they were armed, which well, is unprecedented. Yeah, well, yeah, because they, they probably were. That's what twenty-four they moved hours to the surveillance. Yeah, it's insane. It's the first time. Like, it, you can't just think about it. Cameras on trees. <laughs> yeah, and trees, and like they obviously ultimately found out about these, and they were looking around and going. Oh my God, the government are actually watching us. The paranoia was justified. Yeah. Did you see some of the footage? So, yeah. The guy, the government guys are like, we put up cameras everywhere and we realized that all of these cunts had guns all, all the, the fucking time. time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And you're like, of course, because you're watching them on cameras from trees. Of course they have guns, you mad bastards. Yeah. And it was the helicopter as well. A helicopter. We, we'll talk about that yeah, in a second. Yeah. But yeah. like, Geraldo Rivera was in the fucking helicopter. Yeah. Really? Geraldo. Geraldo. I'll tell you about it in a minute. <laughs> Mustache. So, um, Randall Claude Weaver was born in January 3rd, 1948, and was from a farming background in Iowa. Uh, he was involved in many denominations of Christianity, including Evangelical, Presbyterian, and Baptist. Yeah, he took a little bit from here, a little bit from there. A tapestry of yeah. Christian um, love. Yeah. A jelly, mi- uh, jelly mix. You I, know, like, I like the music from these ones. I yeah. like the fat communion from these ones. Going to a cinema and you're like, I'll have this. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we get some Maltesers in my popcorn, please? <laughs> But uh, he later went on to declare himself as atheist after all of that, saying yeah. that um, he was interested in the afterlife, but was no longer believing in God. Uh, um, well, would you if your family was slaughtered, I guess? You know? <laughs> He's uh, also maybe to distance himself now from his friends, some right wing Christian, yeah. like all of those things end up getting said, like right wing white supremacist Christian, like they're all the trifecta yeah. of It always terms. tails it off with Christian mm. or God fearing American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which isn't fair, I guess. But he had a, 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 a nice beginning with the military, starting in the army in, uh, after, after college in Fort Bragg in uh, 1968, in the height of the Vietnam War. But he never actually served yeah. in Vietnam. And he was, uh, there was a rumor going around that Bo Gritz and he served together in Vietnam. But yeah, I, I, I checked to see his service record and I have two sources that said officially he never went anywhere overseas to fight. In uh, for like for the American army, hmm. yeah, because I, I, I had heard that Bo Gritz was his commanding officer, but that he had never actually gone overseas yeah. to serve, so um, he just floundered around going back home every once in a while to see the family. A lot of people did that though, like they signed up, they did their they did their training, they did their, their military service in somewhere like uh, you know, a fort something mm-hmm. and uh, stayed in American soil and were auxiliary or reserve the USO shows yeah so yeah threw himself off a roof so they break the legs and <laughs> possibly there was a lot of people ma- maintain this stuff like create like 
uh, loading up planes and doing work yeah, on American an, he, he side. They weren't in the shit, as yeah, it were. He yeah, was yeah. an engineer. So whatever that purpose yeah. served in Fort Bragg, obviously getting kept, kept getting the the jeeps, you know, the, and and putting. Did you ever see the way they send the jeeps to Vietnam? It was like Lego. So they'd box them in, and like you could fit a whole jeep in something that's like the size of a wardrobe, and then it all it all folds out, and the lads can put it together in fifteen minutes on the ground when it gets to Vietnam. It's fucking amazing. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Are you watching the the Ken Burns? I've started. Just started. Yeah, yeah I just started. It too. Amazing man. Oh, Crazy. Yeah. Talk about guns. Shit. So he he. He was in the army for only for a short while. Oh yeah, two years. Nineteen seventy, he was honorably discharged when he moved home, met and married Victoria Jordanson. So he was out in the army two years straight home. In and out. Vicky, straight in. And Vicky seemed to be the making of. Was there a relationship beforehand? I, I, as far as I remember, there was something they they actually were together before he went away. They may have met. Right. I couldn't okay. find that in concrete. Oh okay, okay. Because I, I, um, I read something somewhere that they actually had a relationship previously, and then. He went away and then came back. They got married up very quick, so you yeah. would imagine. It's either that or because they were Christians that they weren't allowed to touch the dicks. And he was just like, I want to marry you real quick because yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. in the army and I thought I was going to die, so let's have sex. Well, yeah. He actually wasn't very popular with her parents, so he had two different priests uh, oversee the wedding. <laughs> oh, wow. One was a Mormon and one was evangelical, so that they'd be really impressed with the amount of God Holiness. that was coming down to yeah. them. Double they're the like, God. They're like, double the God, man, I'm going to tear this pussy up. This is going to happen. You need to be blessed twice for this double moment. time. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was he was like a a kind of a social pariah, right? Yeah, um, he 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 was a little bit. Um, but when he he got back from the um, the military, he went off to uh, to the University of Iowa where he studied criminal justice. But he um, he actually had to leave because he couldn't afford the fees. Yeah. So uh, he he dropped out, and he and uh, he and Vicky retreated back into the domestic life. Um, you could see how that animosity towards authority was there that if he had the aspirations to be an official person and ended up being a social outcast yeah like similar to ted kaczynski who who was hyper intelligent who possibly had like a personality disorder that made him incompatible with government or bureaucratical uh, employment Mm. and he ended up then using his intelligence for bad Similar to Randy Weaver, he was in college studying criminal justice, wanted to be an FBI agent, and then was like poo-pooed at the end. You're like... But by all accounts, while he was in the military, he moved up a number of levels quite quickly without actually going to like officer training in school. So he was quite strongly involved in the the, the system. He seemed to be infatuated to a point with the system and part of it. Compatible with... Uh, like a, a rules a, yeah, a, yeah. A, a military hierarchical system regimented yeah yeah for a fellow who's so against the government it seems mm. that's a thing I, I i think people should think about when they think about this story like is that this guy could have been one of the good guys yeah and a really powerful and, and influential good guy if he was accepted in but then you're talking about accepting in white supremacists into your organization yeah, yeah. but maybe, how many at, people... maybe at that time maybe he wasn't yeah. so much of that thinking and yeah, it wasn't until he actually got to ruby ridge that he actually started thinking like that you know yeah. but it seems like victoria was quite quite fanatical and yeah. very influential on him and she was a very much a woman who uh was convinced that the apocalypse was on its way and she wanted to get the two of them out of uh out of civilization get their the family started get the kids out of state school and uh get up to Idaho into Ruby Ridge where they ended up in the early 80s. And that's that's like the main reason for Idaho as you said before was because they wanted to Yeah, well in, the kids. in in Iowa at the time it wasn't permitted to homeschool your children and when their oldest child went into state school so she was what was that Sarah um they they just they got they got the hell out of there. They sold up and they got out. 
So you can bait your kids with a leather belt, but you can't teach them about maths and science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. It, it, technically, you probably can shoot them as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're my property. You ain't leaving. Um, he, he, he was in the Aryan Nations then at this point. Like, he's in, he's in Idaho. He sees there's a bunch of lads standing around. They all look quite friendly. They're all giving each other high fives. Great haircuts. Which, great haircuts. Sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starched collars. Uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, lovely tattoos. He's like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to hang out with those guys. Turned out to be the Aryan Nations. Well, it, it wasn't a case of them just standing around. The, the Aryan Nations, where they were go, where the camp was, is about uh, 50 miles from the, where they actually lived. Fuck, that's far to go that's to hit people. That's here to Dundalk. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good hour and a half's drive. Hour's drive, at least. Yeah. Uh, along rocky roads. You're not doing 50 mm-hmm. the whole time. It's not highway. So an hour's drive to go and hate punts. <laughs> yeah like you want it like the whole way there you're like ah you, you want to keep that level of hate all the way you build it up for a year though <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you really you really put it away for 364 yeah. days and then <laughs> you just you just listen to npr on the way and you're just you calm down and you sick uh no nah, i'm gonna leave it this yeah. <laughs> uh no vegetarian diets there anyway <laughs> yeah they need to need to clean out with a bit of primal uh, a bit of keto so uh in this Aryan Nations group that Randy was in, there already was a snake in the grass. Mm. Yeah, there was an undercover agent that went by the name Gus Magasono, um, also known by his birth name, Kenneth Faderly. Um, and Gus presented himself as a firearm dealer from New Jersey, and they kept this uh, pretense. And he kept this pretense for years. He, just, he was in and out because he first encountered uh, Randy in 19... 19- 86 85 I believe yeah. it is. and then they kept that relationship going for the two years that he'd go back and forth to the to the the, the grand the grand meetings yeah he, he met he met him in mid 80s and he put himself up as like I'm an arms dealer yeah and had to keep that facade then for years but the FBI put a lot into to, to Gus to keep him in that group to get information for just to know if they're going to pop off mm. and I guess this was the thing with the FBI at the time they were also deeply embedded in uh, mafia organized crime they were deeply embedded in other organizations including scientology the mormon church lots of like deeply embedded people yeah trying, trying get, to fucking the sus. yeah i mean just in case anyone popped off with some mad shit they were like okay pull the trigger on this thing you know hmm. yeah and gus ended up shaking the shaking the the cage a little bit right yeah um he he did Gus, Gus, <laughs> Gus, Gus, and he became quite good mates. And it was um, it was Gus that con- um convinced him that he was he was looking to buy a couple of guns. So um, he he approached Randy, and Randy set him up with two shotguns, which he wanted to be sawn off, which he managed to saw off slightly below the legal limit. Yeah, it was three quarter 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 of an inch, really. quarter quarter of an inch below the legal the, limit. Oh, yeah, wow. so it, it was the the width of the saw was the distance that he was done for, and uh, when he sold to. That's a very thick saw. I didn't hear that. Yeah. That is so... So Gus told him where to... Minimal. Gus told him where he wanted it sawn off. Randy went, yeah, no problem, Gus, my man. So it's fully-fledged entrapment. Yeah, shit, man. That was was the distance. And then he was was put up on the... uh, Arms sales for concealed weapons, for well, son of shotguns because they're conce- considered concealed weapons. As what, well, from what I understood, Gus Magisono came up and said, "I need two shotguns." Randy Weaver landed in with two long guns, mm-hmm. and then said, "Where do you want them cut?" And Gus said, "Right here." And then he went <laughs> and cut him off in front of Gu- in the presence of Gus. And Gus went, "Thanks, there's the money." 
but the distance, the, the level that it was cut to was the issue, not that they were cut, cut off. Because you can cut them to a certain distance. Yeah. But it was just that fraction of an inch Fuck too me. much that he was done on. That seems to be so purposeful. Yeah. It's, as I said, it's, it's complete entrapment. Oh my He's God. Like, I want that right there. No, 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 no. You're going to break the law. No, no, no. Say will. Say when. Say when. Say when. Okay. Like, fucking hell. The width of the saw. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hear that now. That's bananas. So he was, uh, he was kept on a kept on a close eye, but after he was he was caught, he, well he he took a little year out from the Aryan Brotherhood. Then he took a little a little <laughs> a little sabbatical from hate. Maybe he was uh, maybe he was instructed like oh, you're after fucking up now. You have to fuck off now for a little while because yeah. you know you got lamped. You sold it to an FBI guy. We had an FBI guy in here the whole time. Okay, everyone's under suspicion. Anyone that hadn't been vouched for or whatever now was probably being looked at. They were like, we got a rat. Let's look and Gus was out of the out of the group at this point. He had been made, right? He had been made, but uh, Randy was tipped off by Gus's handler, Rico V. Um, so he was aware. So he took a little a little step out and he ran for county sheriff. Oh wow! In Idaho at the time, yeah. Uh, before before the guns, after the guns, uh, after the guns. Wow, that's yeah. fucking cheeky, isn't it? Yeah. Which he failed to he failed to get the votes. Sure, but um, he just missed it by a quarter of an inch. Yeah. Well, naturally, <laughs> he wasn't the most popular man around town. Yeah. You know, he didn't like anyone. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah. I'm Randy Weaver and I'm looking for the black vote in Idaho. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening. And uh, Randy was now under investigation f- from the ATF, then full fledged investigation. Yeah, full fledged investigation. And but and and but they had a warrant for his arrest, yeah. but they wouldn't execute it because they were too afraid of him. They wouldn't go to the house, they wouldn't and be go like, to the house and be like, You're uh, hello, hello, gunman, Mr. Weaver. Yeah. Federally, like uh, Gus had been made, mm-hmm. he wasn't allowed to contact to, to contact no. anybody anymore. Uh, uh, R- uh, Randy was outside of the Aryan Nations now, and they needed somebody to rat on the Aryan Nations. Yeah, yeah. So the FBI, instead of I think maybe not that they were afraid of him, they didn't want to arrest him and lamp him on these quarter of an inch guns, but they were like, Gus was coming and going, these lads are fucking crazy, man. I don't want part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, Gus, well, what you need to do is get Randy to cut a shotgun a quarter of an inch under the legal limit, and then we'll strong arm him into being our rat on the inside because yeah. you know that he's susceptible to that or something. Could well, that a- have been a possibility yeah, as the, a narrative? I mean, as the ATF stung him, basically. Yeah. They, uh, they posed as a couple of... A couple broken down on the side of the road on the way out of his his cabin. The old Rocky Horror Picture Show scam. Yeah. And when he he stopped off with them help, they, they 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 sprung on him and they said they'd offer him the ATF offered him immunity um, from all the charges if he would go into the Aryan Brotherhood as their their man on the ground. The motherfucker. To which Randy said, "Poke it up your ass." Pretty, pretty <laughs> as much as straight you do. away. Yeah, yeah. As you do if you're a anti anti disestablishmentarian. Yeah, um, but at which point there was a, a court date set when he told them like he wasn't having any of it. He refused the warrant for his arrest was set, um, and he had a court date set for February nineteenth. Yeah, um, which he wasn't aware of because Randy didn't talk to anyone. Well, he was he was being sent post. What happened he was, was he got a he got a letter. I think I think that they I thought there was more day, days in between, but he got a letter to say the date was on the 20th. Yeah, it was on February 19th originally, and then the court had to change it to the 20th, and then he got a letter instructing him of the new date, but the letter said March 20th and not February 20th. That's what it was. So he didn't yeah. turn up. Yeah. And that's also at the quarter of an inch. 
But Randy, that's the quarter of an inch to get him on because he like he obviously wasn't going to go down on these charges because it was a sting operation. They yeah. couldn't have the evidence. But if he didn't turn up for a court date, that's a that's a, an offense. Then you know Randy didn't mean? have a telephone, and they only sent the letter for the change court date to his lawyer, and his lawyer couldn't get hold of him, and his lawyer was trying to contact everybody in the town to tell him to tell Randy that it had changed. Christ, send up a pigeon. Yeah, so they were posting him letters, and they helicopter. weren't coming through. Yeah. To let him know. Oh my god! So, they, so they, of course he's going to miss the fucking court. Yeah, day. and they organised the uh, the federal agents to go in and take him out, but then they said, "Well, we can't because you know we've given them the wrong date. We've got to wait till March twentieth." And the judge refused to put, take back the, the the warrant for his arrest for missing the court date, which was now the the next charge he was on. So, which escalates it to a federal uh, like a felony. It, it's it's a yeah. federal crime. You have to. The, the feds have to get involved. The ATF have to get involved because there's guns involved. So now you're at the mercy of the federal forces of the government. Yeah. So FBI, because of this missed court date, seems also very loose, very oh, spuriously so organized. Loose. It's all over the place. And poor Randy's just been left. Poor Randy, I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> no, you, but that's the thing. Like, you just in, kind of start in to saying, think. In talking about his, the injustice against them, it seems like you're defending white supremacy. But those two things don't have to be conflated they don't have to be side by side yeah it's like i get a lot of shit on social media from people because i'm criticizing the media right mm -hmm. so i criticize the news for saying bullshit about trump i'm criticizing the media i'm not promoting or or you know uh, siding with trump but in people's minds those two things are are equivalent like if you're if you're not going with the, the official narrative it means you support trump it's like no i'm criticizing the media and the media criticizing Trump. So de facto, I'm supporting Trump. No, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. But in saying poor Randy, because he got fucking stitched up like a kipper. Oh, completely. Oh, like it's it's way over the top, you know. Absolutely. It's yeah. kind of because he was a white supremacist, though. I think the FBI stitched him up. So the, but, but it's the, one or the, it's like. By all accounts, the federal agents were willing to wait until March 20th to make sure that he yeah. made his court date. And the judge was saying, nah, go and get him. And it was so like March was the 6th. motivations of the judge? Who was the judge and what? You know what I mean? That's the other thing. Like, mm. there's, well, there's motivations no, there that are no unclear. Them, like he told them to, to poke it. Yeah, like, it, starts, it starts becoming a personal thing then for the judge. It's kind of like, uh, this is my belief. I want to to do something about it. And this. a lot of times it is that. And that's why people are fighting over who's going to be the Supreme Court justice that, that Trump is appointing. Because obviously mm. Trump wouldn't appoint anyone that wouldn't be, wouldn't align with his ideologies. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go, shit, there's going to be more of these guys. Like that's, yeah. it's a top down system. Yeah. And you're kind of fucked if you do then, or, or if you don't. Like, Randy was fucked both ways. From the get-go. Yeah. yeah. Either yeah. way, like, if he turns up, if he did turn up to that court date, he'd do time, uh, he'll have his land taken off of him. Yeah. Like, everything would have been taken his away His family will be without a, a, a kind of a patriarch, and he's talking about, like, a wife and four kids at mm -hmm. this point. Yeah. yeah. Without young any form kids. of... Young kids. like, baby in arms. Yeah. Shit, like, you know? Yeah. So Owen, let's talk about the actual assault on the cabin. That's the that's the background from Dara. Yeah. Like it seems that he was stitched up. He didn't seem to like have a chance from 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 the from day one. Once the once once he went to the Aryan Brotherhood, he had made some trouble for himself, which is understandably yeah. so. But it's back to like his involvement with the Aryan Brotherhood didn't equate to the problems that he had down the road. It was just his. I, there's a lot of other guys in that meeting. Yeah, there's a lot of other white supremacists all over the country there who were diehard white supremacists. Randy was the, the poor sap this that went the off crack. the radar. So on the, the actual assault itself, it, it, it comes in like, there, there's like factual points. You just go this, 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 and this. Mm. But there are like nuances on, on uh, uh, rules of engagement. 
Um, take us through what happened exactly on the day then. Yeah. So it's funny. It's actually the 21st of August. We're recording this on the 22nd of August. Yeah. I was, I was trying to get it in. But <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll, we'll retake that and I'll say that it was the 21st of August. No, we have to be honest. Like, uh, so back in the 21st of August in 1992, uh, while Randy was out f- uh, for a walk with his dog, uh, little striker, uh, the dog ran off into the woods. Uh, he chased it down a few different paths and was well away from the, his house when he saw federal agents in attack gear in the bush. Yeah. There was the, the the famous Y in the in the trail. Yeah. And uh one of the documentaries has Randy walking that thing and he's like, and I went down this way and the next thing I look up and there's a lad in full camo with a fucking gun pointing at me going, Freeze Weaver. Yeah. And you're like, No. Yeah, you're on my fucking land. <laughs> yeah. That that would scare the fucking shit out of me. Especially if you're a dude who's carrying guns around the whole time, yeah. expecting the feds on your door the whole time. Like that, that, that footage that they have, the, the, the surveillance footage that they have, every single image of everybody, the kids. Guns. Guns. All times. In hands. All times. Yeah. Uh, the, the movie, The Siege on Ruby Ridge, starring Randy Quaid and Kirsten Dunst as Sarah Weaver. Uh, they, and Laura Dern. And Vicky. Laura Dern as Vicky, Vicky uh, stellar performance. Uh, they 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 pick up on that and literally every single moment you see those kids in that cabin with, yeah. uh, when, as soon as they step outside they, it's nearly like they had a coat rack yeah while the guns like get your gun kids we're going out for a walk yeah but how much how much different to that is is like a load of a load of farmers a load of families all, all over the states where yeah. the kids all you're given a 22 when you're like 10 for Christmas and you got a license to carry a gun you live in the middle of nowhere you're gonna carry a gun but the, the thing is like it's it's part of your your day-to-day duties like you're, you're mm. shooting vermin you're shooting you know well they're they're also shooting game like they were yeah. they were hunters like yeah. that, that's they lived off the land yeah they 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 had their own farm they had you know they were growing vegetables they're growing whatever they could there and they were sh- shooting for meat if they if they if anything came on their land that's it so you have to have your gun on you so so this was like a, a prickly situation to walk into if you're a federal mm. agent he comes across the lads in the bushes and then that, that basically just uh, woke his, his paranoia. His worst fears have kind of come true that yeah. he's been raided by the federal government. Uh, so when he was running back up the hills, uh, agents opened fire on his dog. Yeah. Um, poor little Striker. Striker was barking. Striker didn't have a gun, though. No, no. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> Rough, man. Poor Striker. But like, but he was running at them. Yeah. Striker yeah. was like defending yeah. his it, it, master and, and Randy was going, fuck you, fuck yous. And started yeah. running. Like, everyone get back to the cabin. And they were running away. Mm-hmm. Federal officers open fire then. Well, they were open fire, because, especially at the dog, because they are worried that the dog were going to give away their position. And they knew that the the, uh, the Sam and Kevin and, and Randy all had guns. So yeah. if they gave away a position that they could turn around and shoot at any time. So he was like... It's important yeah. to note that Stryker isn't some vicious man-eater. He's a, he's a pet Go, a golden, golden lab. Golden yeah. lab. He's yeah, a, yeah. If you've ever had a pet golden lab, you'll know they're yeah. not... They're just... <laughs> <laughs> Rub me. <laughs> Put his head in your lap. Brush like, me. Brush me. Um, uh, so Stryker was probably like, have you guys got any biscuits? Biscuits? Are you going to shoot me a biscuit out of that gun? Biscuits. So yeah, we're talking about like, there are three armed men for want of a better yeah, word th- well there was uh, uh th- there was two uh there was six in total yeah uh, three were uh, up on top of, of another a, a ridge an overlooking ridge and three were sent down so the, the, these three were the ones that, that randy and the and the and his two sons uh were confronted with uh so this let the members of, uh, of ruby ridge know that the that they were 
playing for keeps and there was an exchange of fire. A friend of the family, Kevin Harris, the other son, he yeah. was 23 at the time, uh, was also on the property and he was armed, as was the rest of the family that were old enough to carry a gun. So Sarah and, and Sam, the 14-year-old boy. Yeah, so we're talking about like two adults, two adult men, one adult woman. So Randy and Kevin yeah. and Vicky. And then four adolescent kids. Yeah. Well, like well, two yeah, adolescent 16, kids and two, two, ki- two, babies. two babies. Yeah, one baby. It was a 10-month-old child. And yeah. then uh, I can't remember the, the, the names of the two kids. Uh, but uh, Sarah was, was older. I think the baby was, was called like Appalachia or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth. Another... Good, Good man, Dara. Mind like a steel uh, box. So Randy's 14-year-old Sam was shot and killed in the crossfire. So what? Uh, uh, from my recollection of the, looking at this, basically... Sam watched the ATF agent shoot at his dog and kill his dog. And there's a very, this is on record because Kevin Harris says it because he heard it happen. And it is a, a kind of a big moment in the seat on Ruby Ridge again, the, uh, the Hollywood production starring Rodney Quaid. Uh, that Sam, he says, You son of a bitch, you shot my dog and opens fire. And in the movie, it's portrayed in a very Al Pacino, yeah. kind of, uh, Goodfellas kind of way. Ooh, see you. You, you shot my bitch. dog. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Open fire with uh, what looked like an AK forty seven in this, but it was it was a, it was a shotgun, as far as I remember in in the, in real life. And he killed. Uh, sorry, he shot, but he actually missed. Mm. Kevin Harris uh, saw the exchange and turned around and shot and killed uh, one of the agents. Agents uh, Bill Deegan. Yeah, who was the one that killed the dog, as far as, far as I know. And then uh, uh, Kevin Harris maintained fire as sam ran up the hill towards the house yeah and then two other agents from the bushes shot and killed sam Harris. Shot, shot him weaver shot him in the back shot him in the bill back deegan, and it went through his heart bill deegan has claimed shot shot at sam on his way down his final moment and then he couldn't be done for it yeah that was what was in the report that's what's in the Handy. report yeah that the fellow that died moment. shot the child <sighs> But there was there was, there was other further research on that and trying to find out what it was his gun and they found out that only a certain amount of bullets actually came out of Bill's gun. Yeah, um, not enough. Put, not enough to actually shoot him. Um, so the unnecessary escalation of violence uh, from the FBI continued the assault. The FBI HRT or hostage rescue team were dispatched to, to, uh, the next day on the twenty second. They were mentioning the HRT today. The, they were mentioning the, the HRT and the thing, and I thought it was yeah. like a whole load of like menopausal That's women. That's what I thought as well. Com- <laughs> just coming down the hill going, Sweating. you better get out of there before I get too warm. <laughs> I am absolutely roasting. <laughs> <laughs> you told you to get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are highly trained militia. Yeah. They're brought in for high, like high... Uh, intensity attacks. Yeah, this is like some fucking uh, Nakatomi Plaza shit. Yeah, like this SWAT. is like yeah, SWAT, SWAT hostage retrieval. Yeah, do we we want to have like minimum? Who's fucking? Who's who's the host? There's no hostages. No hostages. This is like an attack on a family in a box in the woods. Like the I, only hostage that they may have had would have been the dog, but they already fucking killed that. So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it was a plywood box. Yeah, we're, we're full of kids. It's mad. Um, so the, sorry, the HRT were dispatched on the next day, on the twenty second, and an FBI sniper opened fire in the cabin uh, when it was thought that thought that Randy and Kevin were yeah. going to fire at the fel- helicopter. So there's a helicopter flying around, and you, uh, there's a federal helicopter with Haralo Rivera in it, <laughs> uh, getting footage of the area. Yeah, and they saw you can see there's like um, thermal imaging uh, aerial photographs of the lads, and they're just like with their hands on their shoulders, like looking up, going. 
Is that Geraldo? <laughs> is that Geraldo in that plane? Wait, in that helicopter? <laughs> Geraldo! Geraldo! Help! Am I on the TV? How are you? <laughs> Do you know? Can you imagine that shit? They're just standing yeah. out there and then the guys... See, it seems like an awful lot of false report and one of the documentaries I had, very scathingly critical of the Federal Forces, said that in that first day, there was a report came in over the radio... We're being held down here. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're under extreme fire. We don't know how many people are in the building. So there was no communication. They thought the building was fucking full of mad gun-toting Aryan nation yeah. lads. And we're like, we're getting bullets from all over and we're being pinned down. And and the story went out into the rest of the FBI. There is like a proper... Agent fu- down. Yeah, agent yeah, yeah. down, full-scale military siege going on here. These guys are armed to the teeth and they're willing to die. Well, if you see some of the, the, the footage of the camp that they set up, at the foot of the hill. It was like a proper military base. They had tents. Yeah. They had, you know, several hundred people, forces. That 400 people they had in yeah. the play. And they called it Camp Vicky, which oh, is dangerously tasteless. ironic. Uh, de- taste, yeah, tastelessly ironic. And uh, they cleaned out loads of the ditches. They cleaned out, they dug like new roads yeah. for yeah. these giant fucking tanks to be rolled in. And well, they, they said they weren't tanks. They were, they were armored vehicles because yeah, they yeah. didn't have a turret. <laughs> sure yeah. they so, didn't have a like a fire yeah. fire tube like Waco, Waco <laughs> they just tube. added that on later on allegedly but uh, yeah they, they they had a sniper on these lads yeah. and this sniper was trained on on uh, uh, Kevin and Randy yeah because they were looking up at the <laughs> looking up at the uh, the helicopter going what the fuck is Geraldo doing here wait, wait with your dirty mustache and they thought like they're going to fire at that thing so we have to be sure if mm-hmm. they pull the gun up to their shoulder it's game over because we don't want a helicopter crashing in the woods in Idaho. Yeah. Um, and it, it, some of the early reports of, from the FBI were actually saying that they did actually fire on the, on the helicopter, but then it was later, uh, uh, it was claimed from the actual pilot himself said, no, they actually never did, they yeah. never did that. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of misreporting. So yeah, they said, yeah. we're under fire. And then somebody said, they're firing at the helicopter. Open fire. Yeah. Sniper fucking let a few loose. And then what happened then? So one bullet from the sniper struck Randy in the arm and the other was shot and fired uh, as they retreated, which struck Vicky through the door. Shot through the door. Standing, holding Uh the door open, waiting for Randy and Kevin to run back into the house. She was holding there, holding the baby, holding the 10-month-old baby. As as they retreated back into the cabin under sniper fire. Yeah. And struck her in the head and she was killed instantly. She fell straight on the floor. Blood was splattered all over the kids. It was... uh, pretty traumatic i would say for for them um, yeah and then she had to stay in that cabin for 11 days for 11 days so, so they're sitting like she fell they, to the ground they, with, they her, with her her daughter in her arms but she was dead kevin was shot in the arm he was you randy know, was shot, randy in, was the shot in the back because they were going by all accounts they were going out to the shed where the dead son was sam to like check on the body and sniper lon Horiuchi was trained on randy's spinal on his spine yeah to get the death shot and in the last moment he he pulled away so he shot he shot uh randy he shot vicky in the head and kevin. he shot kevin and um, they claimed they didn't know vicky was dead yeah. and every morning because she was shot behind the door though she couldn't the door. See. Didn't see the bullet went in and didn't see what happened inside very little communication lads from what was going on inside they had no idea. Outside. but that's that's one of the biggest things in a hostage retrieval situation is how many hostages have you got? Like, they don't have fucking thermal imaging, like in Batman, to see how many, or Robocop, to see how many cunts are inside and the thing sitting down tied up. Like, they're guessing. 
Yeah. They didn't have a phone inside to do that Mulder, Fox Mulder thing where you're talking a lot. Well, they down. did, they did tr- attempt like, to put a phone outside. They tried mm. to put a phone outside and they, uh, but Randy was, wasn't so, coming outside. He was, he was, uh, he was terrified. He of was course. like, I'm going to get shot and killed. They've already shot at me when, when I'm, you know, just checking on my dead son's body. Yeah. And you're going to shoot at me if I try to go out to this phone. Fuck, fuck you. I'm not going, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not going out. So they didn't know for those 11 days that Vicky was dead. Um, and they didn't know how injured uh, Kevin was. Yeah. Um, which turned out like pretty injured yeah 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 it was like within an inch from his heart yeah. or something like that um so the whole time that the, these uh these armored vehicles were pulled up outside the house they were uh pleading to vicky they thought that vicky would be the one that they'd be able to to reason with so they were saying vicky come on why are you doing this to your kids on why the speaker imagine sitting in the morning. cabin yeah and the lads are outside in a place called camp vicky 400 fbi or 400 federal agents on the on the bullhorn going, Vicky. We've got blueberry pancakes, Vicky. We got blueberry pancakes. That's what they yes, said. Exactly. Yeah. We got pancakes on for the kids. Come on in for for uh, do it for your kids, Vicky. How annoyed Sarah how annoyed was, Sarah was convinced they they, that there was were, a full were, taunt, yeah. Yeah, they were taunting them. It's like nah, Do you think it could, it, um, Do you think it could be that? Yeah. They were just giving them the shits. Go on like uh, Tell your mom to come out here. They hated them from the get go. Like they mm. killed it. They'd killed Bill Deegan. They were they were ready to. Seems prejudicial. Yeah, I mean it can be argued that it was not known to the federal forces yeah. that she was dead. But like, I th- I think even the like Randy isn't. In, uh, I've watched him speak ever since, and I don't think he's ever pointed to the fact that that it was a taunt. He felt. I don't the time, think so. At the time, he felt like it was a, was a taunt, but when he realized. The they full didn't know. story. He was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." He they didn't know. Yeah, and that's the scariest thing as well. I mean, uh, speaking in advocacy of the federal forces, how do they know what's going on as yeah. well? You can understand a cop pulls over a car; it's full of fucking dudes. They're not doing what they're told. They're acting twitchy. You don't want to get shot. You want to. You're a fucking a man with a job. You want to go home to your family, have dinner. You know, yeah, but you're not a task force of 400 people with snipers training uh, a single. That's head. the other thing. Like, I mean, you have to. I can't. You have to say how we many don't go, want to go home. There's so many guys outside <laughs> yeah. my house. How many guys were? How many guys were fucking tooting, tooting like uh, uh, some Colombian fucking disco powder that was confiscated on the way in? Like, because this was the time of of uh, you know peak Pablo and. Uh, like, how many of them were just up in Idaho? Like, yep. Did they come out yet? <laughs> oh, fuck. When he comes on, they're going to riddle that comfort. Down, the, like, down the bottom how, of the ridge playing horseshoes yeah, with yeah, the yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. You know? how, like, how, how much of that was going on? How much of the boys club was going on? How much prejudicial chat, like inter, I guess, inter-organizational prejudice was against these guys? And to be honest, in the eyes of right-thinking people, they're like, yeah, fuck them. They're Nazis. Mm. Yeah. Now, yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time, in, this, in those 11 days, by the 22nd, you had members of the community who saw they're fucking digging up the roads or digging up the ditches, putting tanks and tra- train tracks and all in to get, uh, um, you know, supplies and big crates of guns and all in and out. If you watch the footage, I'm going to put a documentary up on BitChute. Like, some of the footage is like, are they invading a country? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And then you have, like, dozens of people out with signs saying, like, the feds shot first and... Like, can we get can we get a body count? Can we get a head count? Like the the It'll FBI, be your home next. You're yeah, you're next. 
one sign said, can we get a head count? Because famously, the FBI reported, we don't know how many people are in there. And all the locals are, we know how many people are in there. Yeah. Because they're our neighbors. It's four children, three adults, two men, one woman. What the fuck do you want to know? Yeah. And they're like, we don't know that. The rest of the fucking Nazis called over for a cup of tea or something in the afternoon. And then the siege started just at that moment. Mm. Like, it just seems... Yeah, yeah, a little bit unfair and prejudicial. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. again, not defending white supremacy, but like unfair is unfair. Well, it's people's lives, people's lives, yeah, all lives matter. (gasps) (laughs) So, the FBI are are not able to communicate with the people that are in the cabin, and this is like one of the biggest, uh, I guess, preclusions to an amicable finish to this. Randy and and uh, Kevin seem to think if we go outside, we are dead. Yeah, yeah, pretty well, understandable. They had a fairly good reason to think so. I mean, it was every time they'd gone out previously, they were shot, shot at, or shot. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, uh, Geraldo, was that you? Or, <laughs> or at least one of the family has been killed. Yeah, yeah. It seems it seems they're they're, they're dropping like flies. But with the siege still ongoing, the FBI wanted it to end with no more bloodshed, and they uh, called on the services of. You know, um, how would we say? Uh, a man of questionable allegiances. Yeah. Uh, a former special forces soldier and a local populist politician. Uh, former, um, I think former... Green Beret? Green Beret, but yeah. f- uh, a member of possibly re- like questionably racist organizations. Has associations with the Grand Wizard yeah, of the, the KKK and mm. part of the Republican populist... Uh, movement uh, this guy called Bo Gritz who if you watch it on online seems to be really sound he's just like I just want to uh, I just want a, an amicable and a, a, a bloodless conclusion to this situation and you're like yeah sound Bo I mean nobody wants anyone to die and Bo is like yeah but also fuck the government like he's a little bit still like yeah you know? but Bo seemed to stand by Randy saying that like you've got a pretty good case here yeah buddy mm-hmm. I'd say know, he was like, he was yeah. giving him the, the shits going like if you, if you make it out of this alive there's millions in a fear but he told him if he didn't get out of there now that if Kevin was to die because of his injuries that he his case would be off the, yeah. Off the yeah. table that it was like you gotta, gotta come now you gotta go now buddy so the, the, the FBI got on to Bo Gritz and went look Bo this guy appreciates you all his people appreciate you you're appreciated go down to Ruby Ridge Stand at the edge of the thing and be like, Randy! Like, and that's what he did. Bo? Is that he, you? He, he, yeah, he came down and they had this kind of shouty conversation. And Bogritz basically, on the 30th of August, came down to the Weaver Ranch, said, give up Harris, let him go free, because he was critically injured. said, let him go free. Uh, uh, Randy told him, look, Vicky is dead. There's not really we can do for her. Mm-hmm. Sam is dead. And they knew that because they saw him fall. And... Uh, they they let the bodies go. They let Kevin get out and be and be kind of tended to. And then at that point, it was just Randy and the the, the kids, mm-hmm. the younger kids. So the daughter Sarah and the two smaller ones and Randy. One thing I I saw in one of the documentaries, and it was Randy Weaver himself saying it. He said, "I remember when they took Vicky's body out, and four men came in to take her out, and they took her hand in hand and leg in leg." And he stopped them, gun in his hand, not trained, not pointed at them, a gun in his hand. And he said, I kill ye if you let her body touch the ground. Mm. And there's four agents in full armor going, <gasps> mm, okay, <laughs> we won't. But you can imagine like 
well, this a man is in that situation with his back to the wall, yeah. 400 lads down the hill from his house, all wanting to kill him. Four lads come into his cabin, pick her up, and he said, still, if you let her touch the ground, I fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And those lads can't exactly get their guns out to defend themselves. They're carrying this man's dead wife yeah. down the hill, making sure that she doesn't touch the ground because he's like with the gun on them as she's carrying. Like that's, I, I, I think that's, an, that's a, a mark of integrity. Yeah. Again, not, you know, well, it's, it's, supporting it's, it's white supremacy. The, it's the, but like, it's the uh, those agents, it's their first time seeing his face. And yeah. they're like, this is the guy that we've, uh, you know, held in this cabin for the yeah. last couple of weeks. And this is his, first, his, his face. And they're like, this is the monster. This is the, the man that is, uh, has, you know, we've been trying to kill for, for this time. And then as soon as they see his face, they're like, holy shit. He's, yeah. he's telling, he's actually he's telling us. For serious. Their paranoia, their worst uh, dr- uh, nightmares it, are coming true. It's a massively escalated situation, you know. He's got I don't nothing know why left I'm doing to lose. Yeah, yeah, nothing like, left nothing to lose. Less to lose. And that's the most dangerous man. Mm. So they let Vicky's body out. They let Kevin out to be, to be treated. And uh, Grits then came back the next day on the 31st and said, look, if you don't give yourself up, they're just going to storm the place. The kids might get shot. You definitely will get shot. And then your kids have no parent. Like, cop the fuck on. Get out here. We'll work something out. Surrender and we'll work something out. And that afternoon, Randy just walked out of the cabin yeah. with, with the kids in his arms. Mm-hmm. Some reports say, because they were trying to, I guess, vilify him, that he walked out using his children as a human shield. Yeah, I saw that. What right. the fuck? It's like he hasn't Come used on. them as a fucking shield for the last 11 what days. What the fuck is Sorry, that do you, about? Do you want to put them in a wheelbarrow? Or like, where are you going to put the kids? Do but that not- seems to be the great narrative of this, like in the mainstream media, this man was evil. And even in his, in his surrender, you know, something that should have been amicable and should have been like, you know, you're finishing this siege. The mainstream media were on the support of the, f- the federal government and, and the forces thereof. Yeah. Mm. Still go and look at him coming out and surrender and using his kids as human shit. I'm like, no man, he's carrying his baby daughter who died in the arms of his mother after being shot in the face by an FBI sniper. That's, that's what's happening. Not mm. the narrative you just like to spin on it. And like you said, with Charlottesville, this kind of stuff is dragged back up. It's just the skew, the spin that's put on it that people just accept as a narrative. Like, they just take it in. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't question. They go, yeah, that's what it looks like. All right. She's 10 months. Yeah. She's going to fucking walk out herself. <laughs> Drag her. Do you know what I mean? What the fuck? So there was an inquiry and Lon Hariuchi uh, got a smack uh, when it was deemed that it was unconstitutional for him to fire on two retreating men as a as a an FBI sniper, like p- pretty much is. You, you know, you have to have your rules of engagement. If someone is coming at you with a gun, shoot them. If they're running away from you, probably don't. You yeah. know, he's using the same rule book as um, some of the some of the police in uh, Missouri. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm just following those rules. Um, the FBI were also in trouble for not issuing a proper surrender message and for not gathering enough intel before the attack, according to the Department of Justice inquiry. Yeah. I mean, they said we tried. They put tried to put phones down. They sent them letters. They had bullhorns and they were trying to, you know, inform the people inside the house, this is what's going to happen. But there was no guarantee of the re- reception of that message, which is necessary in the rules of engagement. Yeah. If which you they don't couldn't put prove. your gun down, we will shoot yeah. you. Yeah. Miranda rights were maybe about 10 years old at this point. Yeah. Um, you, know, you, you have the right to remain silent and blah, blah, blah. So. Who's Miranda? Yeah. There's we, there's a whole thing. We did a thing in, uh, I think, Columbine. I can't remember what show we, but we did an explanation of the whole mm. Miranda rights and how it came about. But it's like, 
these rules of engagement had never been implemented before. This lad is like it's a one it's a you know once in a lifetime situation where they're four hundred lads against one dude in a fucking box in a, a cardboard box, you know. So Horiuchi got in trouble for unnecessarily endangering the people inside the cabin for firing directly at the door. Mm-hmm. So he killed Vicky Weaver yeah. unnecessarily. So this is three things up against Horiuchi. He didn't face any criminal charges under this Department of Justice inquiry, even though prosecutors in Boundary County, Idaho, tried to charge him with involuntary manslaughter. He walked away from it. And when the case was moved to a federal district court, it was dismissed and Horiuchi was deemed immune from prosecution yeah. because he was just discharging his duties in an official capacity. Even though it was unconstitutional to shoot. Yeah, but it was his official capacity mm-hmm. as an F- as a federal agent. Yeah. So he had the protection of the federal government to do whatever he wanted. That's cowboy shit. Like, he's yeah. told to do it. This is like above. Yeah. I was just following orders. Yeah. Who does that sound like? Sounds like the people who you rise up against. I mean. It's robot shit. Robot. But at the same time, kind of like the excuses of Nazis. Yeah. As well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So funny enough, Lon ended up getting another job after this. Oh, yeah. Very quickly. (laughs) Quite quickly. You talk about the boys meeting for their Aryan meeting once a year. Within a year. At the other side of the country, Lon, obviously, like, an accomplished sniper, he must have been good enough to get this double job. Like, I mean, we've gone from, you know, freelance work and done all this kind of stuff. Like, it's hard to get back-to-back jobs. This guy was fucking, he must have been shit hot. He ended up going into Waco in Texas and taking part in another siege. Because it was like, uh, uh, see here, Lon, you have uh, previous siege experience. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how did that go for you? I got I got one kill. Good with oh, children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got one kill? Yeah. And uh, where, where about some The face, you say? <laughs> oh, excellent. Oh, she was holding a child. Oh, yeah. That is precision. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, fucking hell, man. So Lon ended up getting another job. Uh, who who knows how many shots he got off as the uh, the women and children of the Branch Davidians burned to death? A, he got in a little uh, little. There was a little questions asked about all lawn after Waco as well for like firing off willy nilly, which was then pumped a few in, taken like it was rescinded comments. It's like, well, maybe we didn't do it. We misinterpreted what had happened, and he I'd made say, some enemies along the way. All lawn. I'd say I'd say lawn sleeps well at night. Yeah, but it's no fear. Still in the what FBI. Is going? Uh, in 1987, FBI official E. Michael Cahoe was sentenced to 18 months in prison for a burying documents critical to the FBI's actions in this case and their approach to the Ruby Ridge siege. Uh, this was just before the trials of both Weaver and Harris, both of whom were acquitted of murder uh, that they were charged for uh, um, and manslaughter. Weaver was down for manslaughter and Harris walked entirely free yeah. after the court case. Straight like, out. He, straight out. You're like, he must have done fuck all then, except just get shot. Mm. Um, the Weaver family then were later awarded $3.1 million as compensation for the loss of their son Sammy and mother Vicky and uh, Weaver ended up serving 18 months for the original offence of not showing up for the court date so After that's all, all that. that's all he got stung for mm-hmm. didn't get stung for the guns didn't get stung for uh, you know firing off shots of federal agents like nothing that happened in the siege got prosecuted for all yeah. dropped yeah. everything was dropped the, F- the FBI dropped everything as well and uh, uh, Kevin Harris in 2000 was awarded $380,000 in his case against the civil case against the FBI in a settlement for what he had originally claimed was a $10 million court case. So they settled out of court for $380,000. 
Uh, and for Kevin Harris's case, no law enforcement agency has admitted any wrongdoing. The FBI had to go, yeah, sorry, we shot your wife and child. Here's $3 million. But that was a landmark, never to be repeated case. Like the FBI was, have never done that since. It was a million dollars to each of the surviving children for the, the trauma that they suffered. Yeah, basically. Like, Jesus. Like, what the fuck? Praise. And a hundred grand for, for, uh, for, <laughs> yeah, for Randy. Randy. There you go, Randy. There's a hundred Gs. Say nothing. Sorry, knock down your gaff. It just, it just seems so unjust. Yeah. You know, even though, again, white supremacist, Aryan nation, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling to argue about the justice against him. A lot of it people will go like, oh yeah, hard. fuck him. He deserved it. Like, and you're like, you can't think like that. But doing all the research, like, uh, as I said, I didn't know anything about this uh, before going in, like uh, researching for this, this show. You know, I, I spent a good, I don't know how long it was, a few months re- looking into this and you tip away at it. I was conflicted, you know, I was, I was watching this kind of going, ooh, Jesus, they are white supremacists, you know, and watching all the stuff that came out of it, you know, you know, Randy was known to to be reading the, the Turner Diaries, you know, he was uh, involved in the Aryan Nations, he was uh, going around the, the local town spouting a lot of uh, racist stuff. Um, he was never violent, there was never any violence, but he was surrounded by people that were very violent and yeah. they were uh, doing all these t- different types of attacks. Who knows, he may have been part of that. Some even think knows. that he was the mastermind behind a lot of that and didn't want to get his own hands dirty and mm. ended up controlling other people. I was, mm. I was reading online. Mm. And a lot of the stuff that you look up from this now, do like it does have the tags to Charlottesville, it does have the tags to modern white supremacy. And it's definitely much held up as, as a beacon for... Like uh, like uh, what what we would call a dog whistle in in mm. SJW terms, yeah. like distrust of the establishment, the federal government, and white supremacy are supposed to go hand in hand, um. But like this thing was seen as the beginning of that type of message being parlayed in the media from the early nineties, and it was like the first of its kind, the first time we actually saw white supremacists in the mainstream media for thirty odd years. Mm. Do you know, um. We were looking at the 60s, peace, love and happiness. The 70s is punk rock. 80s is like disco and, and uh, uh, load of coke. Yeah. Uh, yeah electronic yeah, music, hip hop. And and the 80s was a real like explosion of culture in, into a lot of different uh, kind of avenues, none of which were promoting white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And that kind of veered off into, you know, its own kind of quiet subculture off the mainstream media. This really shone a light on it and brought it back into mainstream. People are thinking, oh, there are people still like that. Mm-hmm. It ended up being like, fuck. Between this, and, between this and, and, and Ted Kaczynski and, you know, a lot of real sketchy stuff. And at the same time, 1992, you're talking about like the height of the Iraq war. I'd love to know, ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to know what was going on that week in Iraq. Yeah. What didn't we want to what, talk about? Yeah, what, what was being want, yeah, what was being yeah. obfuscated from the media? How many people died? What kind of maneuvers were going on in Iraq? Maybe someone could shed some light uh, on that one. Send me a link. I, I'm sure the elite Republican guard uh, were being, you know, somewhat exterminated at points in Iraq by uh, George Bush Senior's um, Desert Storm. At that point, I mean, water, water being removed from the country. Also, you have to, yeah, you have to think about. Um, this was the end of the the Red Scare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just after the fall of the Berlin Wall, the Iron Curtain had been lowered. We were looking now at a very feeble 
U- former USSR and the American people might have been disillusioned with the fact that this massive enemy, this looming, uh, you know, red, scary giant was now kind of like a, a whimpering, so- sodden kitten going yeah. like, meow, socialism, like, doesn't work for and they were like, oh, is that what we were afraid of? Yeah. What the fuck, American government? We, we, you had us afraid for so long, huh? He's, huh? But ba- ba- in the post? Oh, gee, really? No way. There's a lot of lads in the cabinet, the FBI, and the shoot. He does not blow up the... Arthur P. Murray, but he blew it 165... Oh, my God. Kids in school. Kids in school. Like, this thing happened like it was like as soon as one set of fears mm. went away. And we talked about this in... in um, the Disclosure Project episode when we talk about Werner von Braun and Werner von Braun is saying, first we have the Nazis, then we have the communists, then we have the terrorists, both foreign and domestic, and then we have the aliens as a common enemy. We always need a common enemy. Mm. And now it's the, you can see this turn of domestic terrorism. Communists are now defunct. Mm. They're, they're a, a toothless, you know, a toothless tiger. And... Uh, Domestic terrorism is now top of the list of things to be afraid of with fucking mad cunts. Like, you see any, like, mad lad up in the cabin, you're like, oh, he's one of them Ruby Ridge lads, you know? Such a small ready, event. Ready that to had, blow. That, yeah. Wasn't there a case uh, directly afterwards? I can't remember the, the name, forgive me, but there was a, another similar case to, to Ruby Ridge where they, uh, he was part of Aryan Nations. It was a religious extremist, white separatist, and it was a, way more people actually on the compound and he just locked up his gate and said don't come in and the fbi are like okay ruby ridge we don't want no shit we don't want no shit and yeah. like the, these people i think the, the crimes against them are a little bit more than just you know not showing up to, to yeah or like small arms deals a- a- Ill- illegal arms holdings that's what they got the yeah. lads in waco for exactly was, was I, think it, I, think it's, I think it is the same crime but on yeah. a much bigger scale and people are saying you know you need to go in there you need to arrest these people and they're like nope we don't want another repeat of, of, yeah. of Ruby Ridge. And he's still there to this day. There's a warrant out for his arrest, but they won't go on his property because they're scared of, of that happening. I'll again. see if I can find yeah, him on TCG TV. Yeah. We'll hit him up and see how he's, how he's, he's getting, getting on. on. Yeah. Yeah. How are we getting on, boss? You're selling any, okay, you know, selling you're selling off shotguns there. <laughs> yeah. Just cut it there. A quarter of an inch. That's uh, yeah. as thick as your saw. That's, as, that's enough to get you a quarter of an inch, man. Shit. Hashtag me too. Um, but, but further examples of this type of government tyranny uh, or being espoused in modern America now, namely these alleged persecutions of the Nazi marchers in Charlottesville that we talked about, other such patriotic marches in the likes of Berkeley and Portland have, have been met with anti-far resistance. And, uh, you know, Ruby Ridge was a blip on the radar, and as soon as it was over, kind of the memory of it Gone. was dwarfed by, by Waco and mm. Oklahoma, and then later on Columbine. And Ruby Ridge seems to be, you know... a, a a footnote like in this the, the militia cut, culture. The, the cutting of the ribbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> 11 just, days. Just, Let's Not so many deaths, you know. Mm. Or, you know, one woman, uh, a child. <laughs> I mean, it's not 56 uh, women and children in a, uh, in a weird... Oh, yeah, let's call it a sex cult. Just because <laughs> people, nope. people don't like uh, uh, women who are too wholesome yeah yeah we want we want we want like uh, polygamous sluts to burn <laughs> not you know wholesome religious women um so mount carmel we're going to talk about that in the future episode waco is definitely getting its own one but these guys like uh, owen said were done for guns 
1994 was Waco, 1995 was um, uh, Timothy McVeigh blowing up the Alfred P. Murrah building in, in Oklahoma. There's a brilliant, brilliant documentary on Netflix, o- o- Oklahoma Woman. Mm-hmm. Very good. Bananas, man. That yeah. shit. And we're doing a big episode on that this season too. These there's, attacks, there's a lot, sorry, there is a lot of references to Ruby Ridge in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's where we're... Timothy McVeigh does talk about that. He yeah. says that's a it was his inspirations. Lon, yeah. Lon Hariuchi was his original target before the Alfred P. Murrah building. That's why we're giving these these guys a little bit of Lon. You don't, get, you don't get a lot of Lon, just a little Lon. You, you may have heard of... <laughs> may have seen me in such sieges as Waco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the attacks on Americans on American soil... It kind of displays this turbulent time for the American ideology of freedom of expression, freedom of religion, and this elusive pursuit of happiness that we're all going for. Uh, people look back on Ruby Ridge and stuff like Waco and, and Oklahoma and realize all too clearly that the federal government can sort of do whatever the fuck they want, really, and get away without persecution. Uh, it's sown this furrow of fear and distrust of the system into people's minds, and it's paved the way for outsiders and game changers to come in and have a go at the wheel. And we could see that in the disdain for regular government and the choosing of our yeah. our our dear leader grand leader you know i mean that was something that people were pushed to and this sjw overton window being so narrow and pushed so far to the left you're only allowed to talk about this and the the control of language now with the the dissolution of social media and the banning the depersoning of people online the likes of alex jones and I mean, even ourselves to a lesser extent, like some of our things are like, you're not allowed to say that online. I'm like, man, motherfucker, it was all right for the last five years. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, David Hogg goes on TV and then you're not allowed to say anything about gun control. Like this, this is bullshit, man. What the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. There is massive suspicion. We have the, the leader of Facebook up in Congress going like, hey, um, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I think it was a lot slower than that. Humans need water. It, it, it's just so weird to see, like, you know, uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg up there answering questions, going like, did you do all the things people say you did? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then they're going, what are you going to do about it? M- more of it? <laughs> do you know, like, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense that people are so suspicious and so, you know, uh, uh, vocal and vehement that they don't want to compete or they don't want to be complacent in this organizational structure that the world is in right now. And yet they do. And yet it doesn't go away. And it's this Ruby Ridge attitude that's being fought against on social media. And we we all have our own little log cabins that we're locking ourselves into. And we're being attacked by the the federal forces of social media, which is the Facebooks and the YouTubes coming and knocking down your door. And if you don't, if you don't play a ball, if you don't come out, we have a digital bow grits coming in and at, like sending you an email going, um, we see a couple of things and they're flagged. We're worried. So if you delete them, you survive. If you don't, we're going to Geraldo Rivera helicopter bomb your fucking cabin. Yeah. Damn, Randy Weaver that. live from inside the cabin. Yeah. On, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah live streaming on, on Facebook. Live. Like it doesn't. It, it it doesn't go away, it just changes. This mm. oppression. And then we have like a digital Ruby Ridge going on right now with the likes of Alex Jones who's still in the cabin, he's still fucking throwing stuff out. And yet the full might of the internet is leaning on him to cut off his website, cut off his app, cut off any kind of communication he has with the outside world. Like that kind of, and, and he's being admonished and he's being demonized for his white supremacist, supposed white supremacist ideologies. Is it true? I don't know. 
Do you know there is a question he's about gone. it? We'll never know. Well, I mean, yeah. he's still there. It's just he's not putting stuff out. Like the culture of anti-government militia and fringe communities started with Ruby Ridge. Uh, and people are afraid that this new world order were ready and sells for the onslaught. There has been a massive growth in that kind of uh, uh, attitude towards federal government and authoritarian control. And I'm going to be doing an episode of one of that 12 documentaries from TCG TV on Apocalypse on this culture. I want to meet these people and go, what is actually the crack? What the fuck is going on? Why do you hate it so much? How do you exist? Like, where where do you get your stuff? How are you living outside of this system? It's very difficult. And, you know, Instagram is great crack, but you can live without it. Mm. <laughs> do you know, how are you living without, like, really? a bank account? How are you living without... You know, uh, going to Trader Joe's to get a few sweet potatoes. Like, what's going on? You know, can you exist outside of it? And uh, a lot of these groups are are in the Northwest, like in Idaho, Montana, Oregon. We've all heard of the Montana Freeman, which is another type yeah. of siege situation. Like Where Randy tried to go and be, assist, tried to with, help them take it in ninety seven, and they were like, "No, Randy, you're grand. You fucked up the yeah, last one." <laughs> what you're talking about. It's like I know what it's like to be on the inside. Let me be Bogrits. You know, they wouldn't let him. Um, but the unfair association, I think, with, with these previous allegiances of, of white supremacy and patriotism, the exclusionary political viewpoints and distrust for the manufacturer status quo, I think is a false equivalency. Where you now say, I reject the status quo mainstream media narrative. And everybody who's on that side looks at you and goes, well, then you're a Nazi. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, not true. But it's a great false equivalency to have to defend your ideals if you're able to take such a hated uh, a group and be able to equivocate yeah you hate jews you hate black people you hate anyone that's not white because you don't like the way we are running politics right now we are controlling social media we are controlling everything except for the government and using that to try and control the government too you're like i don't like that in any country mm-hmm and you can see it in Ireland, like we have a lot of that kind of control with political correctness and there's a lot of people getting spanked online for saying some stuff. And in Ireland, we kind of just go, yeah, okay, then we won't. Like people don't really fight back yeah. as much as they used to. Like we're a fucking country that went to war against the British Empire with like shovels mm-hmm. and like scissors. Sodded turf. Butter. Yeah, butter. Yeah. We went out there, I just had to hand with some skin on it. <laughs> it's like, come on, you English bastards. Do you know what I mean? Like, Ireland is a notoriously war-defending country. Like, we've been fucking besieged by a load of people, mm. and yet we still survive. But it's, it, I think there's a spark that's gone. There is, yeah. It's because the, the Celtic Tiger has come and gone. Came, gave us loads of money, lost it all, and now we're trying to get it all back. So it's kind of like, oh, we don't want to fucking fuck this up. Rock we don't the wanna, boat. Yeah, we don't want to rock the boat. Let's not be bold in Europe because we won't get all the lattes. Exactly, yeah. It, yeah. Does, it does seem weird. I don't like that false equivalency but sure like a bunch of nazis defending a statue erected by a bunch of self-professed racists just to intimidate black people in a time when they're gaining their independence that's a total dick move Mm. charlottesville is not a good thing to happen but equating that with the questioning of motives of the people in power politicians media personalities news organizations that's not right and ruby ridge is used not as a sign to guide us into behavior but as a stick to beat us into submission yeah mm. do what you're told do as you're told or else you're a nazi you're like mm, no no i don't agree with you mm-hmm. and i mean if you're in america you'd say i don't agree with you and i reserve my right to defend myself to the death <laughs> <laughs> come at me yeah come at me bro i'm in a cabin that's all a virtual cabin yeah i mean why are all the mad bastards always in cabins what's the cabin thing you know 
it seems it has that that like loner well, weirdo. There's, there's an aesthetic, you know. <laughs> you need to you need to maintain that. I'm on my own in the yeah. smell of farts well, in a very small it, it's, room. It's like the your your how to guide to be a mad guy. Uh, you, you go yeah, to Pinterest. Yeah. You, go to, you go to Pinterest. You, you look it up. It's like well, okay, <laughs> gotta grow my beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta eat. I gotta hunt my own game. Yeah, matted hair, um, plywood, uh, plasters on the ends of your fingers. <laughs> That's a must have. Yeah, um, Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks, yeah. flannel, flannel, yeah, a lot of flannel, denim, mm-hmm. um, uh, a really old dog, yeah, a sign with like a questionably racist motivational quote on it, yeah, it, it could it be racist, <laughs> might it not be racist, might it not be, yeah, you know? yeah, no, uh, no clear targets, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's clearly not okay, but to whom, yeah, yeah, depends on who's reading it, yeah. ain't no black people in this cabin, it's weird, man, uh, and most, weird... most of your stuff outside as well. Yeah, you got belongings have, need to be like half outside. Yeah, you got to have like outside furniture. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. the the Pinterest board. We make a pin, we, yeah, we make a wish list, a dream board. <laughs> um, so that's it, like pretty much for the story of Ruby Ridge. There is an awful lot. Like I read, yeah. I read some some seriously long articles with massive detail. We're not going to go into that huge detail here, but um, if you want to, you know, there's a million documentaries and share some stuff on on Bitchute. But just before we finish, and I want to find out what the lads think, uh, in, in and get off the fence about uh, about Randy Weaver and the Weavers. Lads, you can answer uh, uh, at the same time, one after the other. Uh, let's do it all together. Ruby Ridge. From what Randy was doing, part of the Aryan Nations, sawing off some shotguns, were the FBI right to at least confront him for his behavior? They they should have confronted him, but that involved knocking on his door. Mm. But to- knocking on the door when the place is full of guns is probably... Well, six of them knocking the door. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, with guns. With guns. They but even the, sent a fucking robot up to knock on the, the door. Gun, That's yeah. how afraid they were. But the, the, like, they they went in with guns as well. You know, if someone yeah. walks up, like they weren't gonna, they weren't going to shoot if someone just rocked up with no guns. Get bow grits on day one. Bow grits from day one. But if they walked up, hands in the air, white flag. Look, we need you to s- surrender, or or it's going to turn into this, or yeah. we're going to have to send in agents. We're going to have to bring bring in arms because you you are wanted by the government. Yeah. So for what he did, he, obviously the FBI had to confront him, but they went in guns blazing from the start. So you think you think um, communication is paramount in this type of situation? Absolutely. But they had no issue talking to him when they wanted him to go undercover. They just stopped him on the side of the road. Well, he was back up in a cabin. Like they couldn't. He, he from that from that day when they yeah. stopped him on the road, he he just went up to the cabin and he, and he didn't leave for seventeen months. Yeah. He went up and he stayed up there for over a year, nearly a year and a half. They couldn't get him out. They couldn't the, get him out. But this is the thing, like, I think, for me, they were too heavy-handed. Way mm. too heavy-handed. And coming in, like, the last scene in Scarface with the Haitians, you know, closing in at every available open door. Uh, you can see, you know, Randy Weaver getting a big dose of coke be like, <laughs> and then getting the gun and going, Say hello to my little friend. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and like, of course, you're out in the fucking woods, you're having a walk with your dog and your son and your mate. And then the next thing, a load of feds are in the fucking garden. You're like, oh, okay, is this how it's going to go? Okay. As if like, like your worst guy, nightmares. Like yeah. this is exactly what this he what thought. what prepping for. Yeah. That guy could have, instead of having a gun in his hand, could have had a letter and been like, Randy, here's a letter. Yeah. Thanks. And instead of shooting his fucking dog, just handing him a letter. Yeah. 
But I mean, you know, that's all fucking wishy-washy 60s hippie bullshit. Like, yeah. just hand him a flower and say like, it's okay, Randy. Just, but just like, don't join the Aryan nation. Is the risk is the crux of it? Well, well, let's 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 go into that then. Let's go into Randy himself. Like he was a man who wanted to be an FBI agent, wanted to study that. He seemed like he was going the right way. Was rejected by that environment, by mm. that infrastructure, and ended up going completely the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Do and you think that was a big factor in his change? I think so. And if you if you look at at the the likes of Timothy McVeigh as well, he went down a very similar path. He very, was, he was military a, man, military man, yeah. uh, high ranking officer. He went up the up the ranks and he turned. There's a lot more in the psychological profile of Timothy McVeigh that we'll go deep into mm. on our Oklahoma bombing episode. Like that is very interesting. That particular mentality, very similar to Ted Kaczynski as well. Part of the establishment went to college. You know, he was obviously taken advantage of there, and he could have been a very valuable government asset, mm-hmm. but ended up just going off like old custard. Yeah, and it couldn't yeah. get him off the side of the bowl. Uh, Randy, I think, was a bit, um, he went a bit mad with Victoria up the mountain. You know, he was he was claiming that his neighbours were sending death threats to the president on his behalf. Uh, it was a toxic community, yeah, I think, Dara. Oh, you're completely toxic, toxic community. community. He wasn't making friends no. anywhere, but he wasn't, wasn't doing himself any favours in making enemies. I like, think there were allies despite personal, um, interpersonal relationships. Because they were all politically allied, mm. it didn't matter if they were assholes to each other. That was a yeah, I think yeah, Randy might have been a personally an asshole, but he was also white supremacist and we all have to stick together kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Prison rules or whatever. Yeah. Whites in that corner, Mexicans in that corner, like this kind of thing. Do you think that Vicky then, both of you, do you think that Vicky was a big influence after he got out of the army, after all of this stuff, that Vicky's apocalypse theories kind of seeped in and maybe poisoned his head a little bit? Because yeah. there's not a lot you can find about Vicky anymore. Absolutely, no. No, Absolutely. She, she was the uh, she was the, the definitely the she was, was the, the rose muse. west she was to the his muse. fred west yeah. she was the muse she was the one that that brought her brought everybody up to the top of that hill if it wasn't for her for her you know obviously it was yeah. a, both of them decided to do it ultimately but i think she was the one that drove that decision she spoke with her parents uh, like her, her family talked about it in length that they were talking about doing this for for quite some time and then they were like you know as soon as they decided to do it, it like, that's oh, it then it's her it was her that drove that decision and if they hadn't gone up there Here's an interesting sidebar. Do you think that Lon Haruchi knew exactly what he was doing when he was lamping that bullet into her head? I do. I think the FBI, um, this is my interpretation. I think that the, they, they were already aware that she was, she was trouble and he was just, he was a puppet for her. He was. Do you think she was the real leader and they executed yeah. her and he knew exactly what he was doing? Yeah. Lon, I, I kind of do. I kinda Lon, Lon knew what he was doing. Never thought about that, but. Yeah. I mean, it's food for thought, all right. If they want, like a sniper who is as, as decorated and, and skilled as Lon Haruchi managed to miss both Kevin Harris and uh, Randy Weaver, that seems like a thing of like, hurt him, don't kill him. We need someone to go to court, but kill that Vicky bitch. Yeah. Because she's the real. The she'll real she'll keep it going. She'll drive them to go guns blazing into the into the mm-hmm. night whereas you might get randy to step down how do you miss two dudes like that like how do yeah. you in a clear shot but you get a clear headshot. clean headshot through a door mm. and and be able to have plausible deniability because it's through the door or whatever like i don't know yeah i do think that she did have a, a bigger part to play than just like you know uh barefoot and pregnant tied to the sink it yeah. wasn't that relationship and i don't think we didn't go into her character much here because there's not a lot to find you know but from what I did find, uh, from what I did find, 
seems like she like knew even exactly he, what she was doing. Like even Randy doesn't speak about her. Sarah doesn't speak about her. It's, it's I think they were told don't don't say anything because you'll ruin the narrative. You'll ruin her memory, and people think that she was an innocent victim, where maybe she was thrown up the the zig coils with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know. So then the assault on the cabin, like uh, uh, terms of uh, uh, engagement. Mm. FBI were obviously 100% at fault. 400 people at the bottom of the hill. Camp Vicky, like massive escalation to like a huge military level for four kids uh, and three three adults. Like overkill, right? Absolutely. And the ATF changed their rules so many times in the events proceed after the fact. Like they went, they went on to like completely rewrite their rule books because of Ruby Ridge. It just ruined their relationship, their, their public relationship, their public persona. What the PR of the federal government had it was just yeah. tick, 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 going, ATF, down, going down, going down, going the down. The ATF were like U2 in the 90s. There was just stinker after stinker yeah. after stinker. Like you have Ruby Ridge, then you have Waco. Like that is not a good sequel no. to be coming out with, you know? And then stuff like the Montana Freeman and all these other little ones. There's maybe like a half dozen of these in the early to mid 90s that were solidifying the narrative of domestic terrorism that's another thing i want to ask you do you think the 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 fall of communism and the need for a new enemy kind of ramped up the fbi's thirst for cracking down on like these dangerous domestic ideologies could be like absolutely and like as you uh, pointed to there earlier on that uh you know you, you had yeah the fall of communism you had everything that that happened before that um and they needed to point the finger at somebody. They needed yeah. to get somebody to have a public enemy. They had to have uh, something that everybody was uh, united against. Um, but you had people going off the grid because they stopped <laughs> trusting the federal government. So the federal government treated them as the scapegoat to bring back the trust of the federal government. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a <laughs> great plan. Like great on paper, probably mm. after a few lines of Charlie, they're in with the fucking cigars and brandy. You know what? Let's get all these militias what would and get rid of... Yeah, like it's basically a, a zero tolerance policy against anyone not conforming yeah. to the, the federal will, as yeah. it were. Yeah. Do you yeah. know? I mean, the- if you're living in a country and the laws are the laws, follow the fucking laws, lads. Like that's... I'm not a, I'm not a rule breaker. I'm not a rebel. I'm not like a lawman. But if these lads are lit, find out the laws and they live right on the line, mm. there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to accept that that's their fucking culture and they're doing that stuff. Mm. Similarly... What I color? think, I I mean, you, you have to accept these fringe, considered dangerous cultures just as much as you have to consider LGBTQ lifestyles, as much as you have to consider, you know, uh, uh, dudes who want to fucking say that they're six-year-old girls when they're like 58-year-old men. And, and and if you can find two mad cunts to adopt you and treat you like a six-year-old girl and dress you up in dresses and pigtails, if that's what you want to do and it's legal... It can be morally abhorrent, and I think that it is. It's normalizing pedophilia and, and you know, a pederast behavior. But if there's nothing illegal about it, <laughs> like, you kind of can't argue with them. I will say to the end of the earth, that's not cool. Mm. Just as much as I'll say, it's not cool that a fucking bunch of white lads are going to an Aryan Nations thing and saying, you know, uh, uh, no black people in Idaho. And then everyone's going, but there are no black people in Idaho. <laughs> and the lads are going, yeah. That's we, why we did that. We did that. <laughs> Look like, at this big accomplishment this year, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the AGM. You know? Keep the blacks out of North Dakota, and all the black people are going like, "Yeah, keep it. <laughs> You're grand." Do you know, like it just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense that those things 
are now morally abhorrent. Mm. Like I watched a couple of these, you know, these TED talks about this woman going like, and pedophilia is just another sexual, uh, sexual proclivity. And you're like, mm, let's not start down this road. This yeah. is not. Let's not open that book. That's not something, you know. But um, obviously militia culture still exists. Um, I think that the equivocation between Charlottesville and these type of events, spurious at best, would definitely need to be talked about. Do you think that there is a, a clampdown on open discussion and that there, there should be open channels? Or is this a thing that we should just eradicate from society like any of this militia crap? It's a hard one. It's a hard mm. one. It is a hard one. It's like when it's it's open conflict, in a, in, even in a very sort of low level, you know, burning torches is never the start of a good thing. No, you know, <laughs> nothing. Just that's Frankenstein. Nothing, yeah, exactly. And he just, he just wanted to go for a stroll. Yeah, like nothing good has ever come from angry people burning things down and starting a row. So I think there has to be a sort of a leveled. Com- it's back to what you were saying. There needs to be a level conversation. If you feel yeah. so strongly about something that you're going to shut it down, you have to approach the other group of people that feel so strongly about it and meet in the middle. But you can't have everybody just ripping up the rule book to suit their agenda. Yeah, one side is never going to be uh, better than the, than the other. Obviously, but on, until violence comes into the into the equation, if you have pro you have silent protests you have peaceful protests that's obviously that's grounds for a discussion that's okay if you're having that's a people going i'm willing to, to talk, have let's a conversation go. charlottesville that didn't happen they could have went out there no fire no uh tiki torches sat down uh wanted to, to, to say tell their story but no uh, but they didn't do that they i think went if out. you're chanting blood and soil and like with ss tattoos dressed in like proud boy uh, you know collars with the colors like a uniform and you have your haircuts and you're going blood and soil and mm. like it's you're kind of saying the undertone of that is you're kind of saying like i ascribe to these political ideologies come at me bro yeah and in reaction to that they came at them in a way that wasn't expected which was violence begets violence and eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind you know and those people should be dealt with in in a more maybe like a, a tolerant way and for people that are preaching tolerance, they're very intolerant yeah. to stuff that is opposed to them. But it, it, again, it comes back to the, the paradox of, of tolerance. It's righteous intolerance. Are, are, can, can you can you tolerate the intolerant? I'm saying there's a, a huge pedophile problem in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Pizzagate was scratching the surface. We're talking about thousands of children in Philadelphia the other day, uh, uh, you know, being identified as victims of the Catholic Church. We have people, lads in Chile, like cardinals in Chile, resigning by the dozen. Stuff that's going on in Ireland for years, stuff that's going on all around the world. Then you're talking about Hollywood pedophilia, Corey Feldman, all of these lads coming out saying this shit. You know, uh, uh, I'm not even going to name names, like all these super famous pedophiles. Some stuff going on now with uh, uh, James Gunn and Sarah Silverman and all this. Like pedophilia is a massive, massive, massive problem. Mm -hmm. And yet... Still not allowed to talk about it in mainstream media. Still yeah. not allowed look at stuff that is undeniably evidence. Unless it's unless it's coated in something else. Unless it's coated in like the Catholic Church. Exactly. Unless, unless it has it's another in yeah. political uh, kind of coverings, in, 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 like a, a, a smear of paint. They can't drink it straight. They exactly. need they need a, a geopolitical or a, mm-hmm. or a ideological mixer to be able to swallow that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that we need to talk about the most. So much so is it being ignored that now on the other side, there's a movement for acceptance. They're going, let's accept it. And I'm like, 
I can't. No. But at least we're talking about it. It'll never be. I know, but at least we're talking about it. So get that thought and people are like, no. So on both sides, one side is going, never, ever talk about it because we don't want to acknowledge it. And the other side is never, ever talk about it because the other side are trying to get it normalized. So both sides are not talking about it. And it's the perfect storm for the people that are doing it because they live in the shadows. Mm. Similarly to racists, white supremacists, people who are on the political fringes. If your thing is not being talked about, you can practice that to your heart's content. I think driving racism into the darkness by shouting these guys at Charlottesville down, like them lighting torches. The only people that are being illuminated by those torches are themselves. Yeah. And we can see you in the darkness with your torch shouting blood and soil. And we can see you are the racist. If the left come down and blow those torches out and silence those shouts. They'll just keep going somewhere else. They're going to find their cabin. And they're going to sit up there, man, with their fucking ideas. And they'll still exist. They're not going to disappear. They're just going to go away from my shot. Mm. Until. Until somebody comes up in the bushes and goes, hey. <laughs> Until Lon gets hungry for you some bullets. That's what I mean, man. Someone, Something's going to happen. There's a thing. That ha- and then this civil war that people are going, oh, civil war. Like it's being teased since the early 90s. And Ruby Ridge was the start of it. Mm. Will be witch. Those hands. Will be <laughs> So that's it for those conspiracy guys for this time. I'd like to thank Owen and Dara for joining us. Thanks very much, Gordon. Thanks yeah, for having us in. Great, um, to, great to finally get here. It was great to have you. Great chats. I don't know if this is going to affect any of your job applications in the future. I'm sure some shit's going to get pulled up. <laughs> Were you on that show with that guy that was saying uh, white supremacy is okay? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about racism and pedophiles all day. Yeah. You yeah. just smile and nod. <laughs> yeah. There's a camera, there's a, uh, yeah, there's video footage of them just smiling and nodding. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is something to think about and it's hard to talk about, um, especially because we're not, you know, people of color, because we're not part of the, the oppositional voice. I still oppose it. I am an oppositional voice. I don't like the idea of white supremacy, mm. but I don't mind patriotism. I'm not patriotic towards Ireland, but I don't mind somebody else being patriotic towards Ireland or America or, or Britain or whatever. But to equivocate that to nazism i'm like no and that's what's happening right now we need to be talking about these kind of things um the lads are joining me from the l triangle Triangle podcast which uh will be in your ears very soon at time of recording it's not uh, fully fledged but by the time this is released you should be able to go find it the links for all of that stuff social media and all will be in the description below uh hopefully i'll be joining them on a future podcast uh, before we head away for our America trip. Yeah, and uh, if you want to get in contact with us, if we left that out, I'm sure we did. If we got something wrong, I'm almost sure we did. Uh, hit me up, info at thoseconspiracyguys.com or anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Pinterest, all the things that have a thing. You can find more details about this and some of the documentaries that we're talking about on thoseconspiracyguys.com. You can get into the Discord and have the chats with other people. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be loads of lads sharing links in there, talking about the stuff we were talking about in this episode too. We have this episode, if you're listening to it on audio and you want to watch bits of it on video, you can check it out on youtube.com slash guys or bitshoot.com slash guys or indeed on twitch.tv slash thoseconspiracyguys. Uh, load of video stuff there. Bitshoot holds all the documentaries. We said at the top of the show, check it out. YouTube are acting the cunt, so we only keep the episodes on there. I'm sure we get flagged for this one. I'm nearly sure. There's so many keywords in here that you're just like, no! White. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag white. Uh, and if you want to buy some merch, if you want to get some stuff on that, the link below for our TeePublic store, tpublic.com slash those conspiracy guys, loads of conspiracy themed goods. Uh, you can get your cups, you can get your cushions, you can get blankies, you can get baby grows even, uh, and then t-shirts and hoodies and hats and stickers and all that crack. If you want to represent those conspiracy guys, or I have up to, I think, 450 conspiracy themed designs, uh, about two dozen of which 
were made by me from Inside Jokes Within the Show, which I really like. Um, the L Triangle podcast and uh, Dara's old podcast. The Savage Effect. The Savage Effect can be found in the links below. And uh, hopefully that'll be back up and running by the oh, yeah, very soon. at least. Yeah. The next week. Um, thanks very much for joining us, lads. And uh, we'll see you again in the next one. Uh, this has been The Siege of Ruby Ridge. You're listening to those conspiracy guys. I'm Gordo. I'm Dara. I'm Owen. And uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers, guys.